threw me off completely there. <laughs> are, are you so? Are you recording? <laughs> yep. All right, we're all recording. All right. Just, I'm recording. Just, recording. Just as good as an intro as uh, as we're gonna get. Welcome to episode nine of Quarantine Chronicles, uh, your spinoff of the Red Nintendo podcast, hosted by your boy, uh, me, Kevin. To my virtual left, we got Jason. Hi. To our virtual right, we got Angel. Hey. And Angel is currently mad about one specific thing. He brought in some vibes. Luigi. Yeah, I was I was kind of fuming coming in about Smash Brothers, but Explain. I, I, I just hate I, I just hate Luigi right now. Is he the meta like, right now? Is uh, no, he's not the meta. Lu- Luigi is just Luigi. Like there's. I mean, as most of you know, there's like 70 plus characters in this game. So you don't fight every character that often, but there are certain characters that just have a very, I would describe as toxic play style that just, it's just really easy to rage against. And it also just depends on who you're, pl- I mean, what character you're playing. And since I mainly play as Bowser, I'm a big heavy character. So typically combos and all these other kinds of shenanigans typically work best on characters that i pick and no matter what i do like i could have a crazy lead on luigi and i did like in every game like i was winning by a decent amount but all he has to do and this is and this is specifically talking talking about very very good players like this is something that like an intermediate or a regular player wouldn't be able to pull off but once you get to you're playing like pretty much the really really good luigis they just have to grab you one time and you're dead like, that's literally it. So their game plan is literally just run back and forth away from you, shield everything, and just go for a grab. Just consistently go for grabs. And as soon as they go for that grab, it's just hit, 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 up B. And you can mash the controller all you want. You could try to do your DIing and all these other tricks to get out of moves that usually work, but not on Luigi. And you're just dead. And there's nothing you can do about it. So it just kind of sucks that I have to you know, do a bunch of hits. I mean, normally, and it's kind of ironic because usually as a heavy character, Bowser is someone that could get away with throwing out a couple hits and killing someone in like four to five hits. But, I mean, if I miss, I could get punished easily. If Luigi misses a grab, it's still kind of hard to punish him because he shoots a plunger out and he's kind of far away. But, yeah, it just kind of sucks that no matter what you do, if you just get grabbed once, you make one little mistake, you just die. It's like low risk high reward which i just don't feel that great for the game and there's other characters that have similar things to that but this one in particular i feel just doesn't feel good it doesn't really feel good it just doesn't feel good to play against the entire time because even when you're winning it just feels like i should have lost but i didn't because yeah it's it's kind of whack that's why I'm glad at least more than half the cast I can enjoy fighting against because it feels like you're actually fighting instead of just playing dodge the grab game. But yeah, that's kind of what it's kind of grinding my gears right now. Well, the, uh, grinding your gears seems generous. You were coming in being like the worst thing in the world has happened. It's like a cancer on the game, and you you, you summed up your thoughts better. But you were very mad at this. Well, yeah, game. because <laughs> that was literally coming off of the game. I yeah, mean, when you take yeah. a step back, I mean, honestly, yeah, as annoying as Luigi is. Oh wow, no, there is already. I mean, I could still beat Luigi's like that, and I do like. On average, I feel like I'll win about. A little more than half the time against those Luigi, just because 
you know, by not finding so many that only do that play style. Like, mm-hmm. I have to really bait out the grabs just to get them, but it just... There's, yeah, there's just certain characters like Luigi, Bayonetta. Um, Joker is annoying for a different reason, but I wouldn't really call him, like, a problem to the game. He's just, like... He's just a really good character that, like... He just has, like, every kind of advantage that you would wish your character has, but you just kind of have to deal with it. I mean... But, you know, it's DLC. It's supposed to be exciting and cool. And I mean, he is a cool character, but... Yeah, there's characters like Luigi that just have that, you know, that one little move they could just pull off and just instantly win, which kind of sucks. Where, I mean, where has always uh, been this insane in the Smash game? Yeah, historically, he's always been known as, like, the person that grabs... He, he's always been known for his grab combos. Like, be, well, the only thing is that before, he wouldn't be able to kill you off of one. He would just be able to do... Take you from, like, 0 to 80%. In like one grab, which is a ton of Smash Brothers, but now it's zero to death. And like in Brawl, and Elvis uses Luigi. He's like a really, really good Luigi player. But what I like about Elvis is that he is like I can yeah I struggle against Luigi because he doesn't play like the others. He doesn't just rely on that. I feel like his overall game is way better just because he doesn't rely on just a grab. But he also doesn't practice that grab combo a lot because it does require a lot of practice. So maybe that's why he just overexcels in the other part. Wait, but so, but essentially, yeah, like he'll grab you, throw you down, jump. He'll do like a jumping downward attack that'll hit you back to the ground. But then he'll do it low enough that he could still land while throwing out another attack, which will stun you again, so that he could jump again. He it's pretty much just like down a jump, down a jump over and over again until you're high enough to die to a sub So there is some skill that is involved in having to do this. Oh, no, yeah. There, there is a ton of skill, but like, Wait, I, like, there's, no, so like there's no denying that it it's hard fair. to do. So if it yeah, requires skill no, to yeah, do the same way other characters require skill to do... It was like the wobble from Ice Climbers. Yeah, that's kind of how it was being presented initially. But if there's skill involved, they're just utilizing a skill that the game is allowing them to do. And no, you have to because, learn and practice Nintendo... and master. No, I mean, Nintendo clearly didn't, like, want this to happen. And I mean, like, yeah, I mean... They also Rage didn't want wave dashing to happen, but look where that went in the me- well, melee days. Yeah, well, yeah, I got patched out. <laughs> in the melee days. Well, yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Patch it in? <laughs> no, no, but my point is, like, or fire, uh, uh, what, was it, what was it called? Fire hopping or whatever in Mario Kart. Like, yeah, they can do it in a later game, but it is in the game. As designed, this is something that's allowed to be done, and you do need to learn the technique. So I, I don't have as much sympathy about your plight as I did at the start of this, because it's no, no, in yeah. the game. I mean, it, it's by design, sorta, um, and people I'm are not, learning the technique. I never and said it was. It. I never said it was unfair. I just said I just really hate that playstyle. It's just a really annoying. I emphasize the fact that it's just a really annoying to play against. I never said it was unfair. Hmm. Because I, I even, I even emphasize that like it takes a lot of skill to do, and that intermediate players couldn't even pull this off. The only thing is just that when you get to, I guess, like a certain rank, like it's pretty much like a guaranteed combo. Like when you get to certain skills of players, like it's, it's I wouldn't like at that point, like for that player, like it's not even like an, a difficult thing. Like there's some things that I do with Bowser that I would consider like easy to pull off, but they're like really highly timed combos. But it's just that when you get to that level, it's just like, oh, I got grabbed. I guess I'm dead. It's just like you kind of skip over the... I mean, yeah, in the middle of it, it just kind of skips over. Like, yeah, this, yeah, this may have taken a long time to do, but it's just not fun to play against. 
I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what it boils down to. I mean, I I don't mind getting like destroyed by certain characters. Like I mentioned, like Joker has like a ton of tools at his disposal, but I typically don't really get mad when he's like kicking my butt all over the place. Because I mean, you know, like every attack that he does, like there's an actual like, oh, he does something. I have an option to try to block it, counter it, or punish him for making a mistake. But then there's some characters that just kind of get away with not with none of that. And they have tried patching it in the past. Like in Smash 4, they literally made it... Luigi was able to do this combo way easier before where pretty much everyone was able to do it. And then they patched it in a way that he pretty much just wasn't able to do it again in that game. And then when Smash Ultimate came out, um, people found out that you could still do it a certain different way. So they started doing it that way because now he has like a extender grab. And then Nintendo caught on to that and then they patched it out again. But then people found out another way to do it, and that's kind of where we're at now. So, hmm. like, yeah, they're just kind of, like, running away from Nintendo, and... Yeah, but, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, I... I mean, emotions happen when you're playing a game. Like, obviously... Oh, it's, yeah, of course. It's rage-inducing. It's really frustrating, and it's not fun. But, you know, I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, I still love the game to death. I'm still gonna come back to it. And... You know what, maybe I just have to, maybe I haven't played or lost to this enough times. Angel I mean, is is by far yeah. one of the most chill guys that I've ever met in my entire life. But when he loses in Smash, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's like, oh, God. It's like it's a like, volcano erupting. I will be talking like with your brother, diff- uh, and then I'll just hear, like, snaps. And I was like, was that Angel? And then... Elvis will go like, oh, yeah, he's playing Smash. I'm like, oh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, when I'm, it's not even when I'm losing. It's sometimes when I'm winning. Like, I just get mad at certain play styles because it just feels like un, it's just unfun. It's just not It's just not fun to play against. Except that there is some game. level of fun that you're not admitting or else you wouldn't be playing still. You're willing well, no, to power through because... those to get to the other ones. If you hated it that much, you would just pump the brakes at that point. Because, so there like is said, some weird intrinsic loop you're in of motivation where you're like, this, is, this isn't this is as fun as the other ones, but I'm still like in it and wanting well, like to do I it. Like I said, there's like over 70 characters and more yeah. than half of them are fun to play against, even in the bad times. So you just kind of have to, I guess, but, yeah. I guess that's I, I guess that loophole is, is you... I play through these horrible matchups or just these horrible gameplay styles just so I can get to the more fun ones. Yeah, but you're saying it's about 50-50 or let's even say a 60-40 or 70-30 chance. 30% of the time not having fun is a lot of time. So clearly you're having some... Something about that volcanic eruption is probably therapeutic in some way to get to the better matches where it's not like you hate the entire experience. Like you obviously There's something in there that's getting you through to the other 70% because if a third of the time you didn't like something, you probably wouldn't do it that much. Well, I mean, half the time it's not that bad. That's that's, of, that's even more. <laughs> that's a higher fraction. <laughs> well, I mean, if I didn't like something, oh, I see. I, I took your third the other way around. If I mm-hmm. only enjoyed it. No, you enjoy it 70% of the time, but there's, let's say, even just a third of the characters you don't like. Clearly, you did. the dislike is not strong enough to outweigh getting through. I mean, I was just throwing a number off the top of my head. It could be much more than half. I honestly don't really know off the top of my head. I could go in and actually figure it out. I mean... I mean, if I, like, even off the top of my head, just, like, trying to think of, like, the specific characters that I guess, like, are just really, like, annoying to fight against, like, I could only really think of five, 
six, seven, eight. Oh well, that that ch- that tips the scales a little differently. Then you're saying like half, so I was nine, that. Ten. Right, we're getting to yeah about ten. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to yeah, Rocky Crockles, where we sorry, just sorry. count no, upwards. No, no, it's like it's starting to get up there. It's like. I was, I was, I was expecting yeah. to go 20 10, to 35. He just literally go like 13, 14, 15, 16. What if for two, what if for an episode we literally just counted up? Like we have no content. We just go like, Hey, how about two? Yeah. I don't, what, three. I don't know guys, four. Like, and then just do that can for you, two hours. That'd be, that'd be Angel, a do you think that you could name the entire Smash Ultimate cast? I mean, I definitely Ooh. can, but it'll definitely take. A little while towards the end, with them like running out of characters. To do we want to do this? Should I? Should we try this? Should I pull up a list? I mean, if I mean, but the only thing that someone would have to like actually keep track of it because, and then I might start repeating stuff, and then you know, someone will have to actually know, like, oh, okay, right, right. You haven't said that one. You do have two of us here to monitor. But but the point is like, yeah. So I guess it actually sounds like I do enjoy finding as most of the cast. But the thing is that that kind of play style is. Especially in online is favored a lot of the time. I mean, mm-hmm. even if I like to fight against most of the characters, online you will find a lot of like Simons and Richters and your Luigi's and your Bayonetta's and your I, your villagers. Oh God, the villagers! But I mean, not the villagers. Freaking the villagers. Yeah. Wait, well, I did say not villagers. the villagers, villagers. The villagers. No, not the villagers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The villagers. <laughs> <laughs> even though I said villager, I was thinking um, ice climbers. Um, but I did mean the villagers. Ice climbers. So, wait, wait, which meant the villagers? The one you don't like or the one you do like? Or the one you No no, I I did mean to say the villagers because I did mean villager and Isabel that are annoying to fight against, but for some reason an image of ice climbers came out when I said villagers. Oh, that's okay. the correct thing. I thought I said ice climbers for some reason. Gotcha. But But yeah, I mean the I mean the nice thing is also like over time, like there were there were some characters that I used to find very, very annoying. Like Isabel, like in particular, like I used to really, really hate having to fight, or even villager. Um, but Actual I don't villager really... or ice climber villager? Villager, villager. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I don't really hate them as much anymore, just because you know, I I take these as learning experience. As like rage inducing it could be to lose at fighting games, and anyone that plays fighting games competitively will know. Um, you have to learn the matchup a lot of the time. Sometimes, yeah, there may be a time where I just have to accept that. You know what? against someone that's really really good bowser can just never beat this character and that's a pill that i almost never want to swallow because obviously like i really want to win as bowser and overcoming these odds as tough as they may be sometimes you know they do give me that like you know what you played that way and you still lost so you know what screw you and you know that (laughs) you know that gives you like a big like sense of satisfaction that definitely outweighs the loss although yeah there are i lost my train of thought Oh, yeah, but I mean, overall, like, over time, after losing a bunch, a bunch of times against Villager, I eventually just started to learn more and more how to play against them. Like, I mean, a lot of his game is projectile game, but I just got so good at predicting when he was going to shoot bullets, when he was going to shoot a slingshot or his missiles or whatever, that I would almost, like, perfect parry everything. And I would say nowadays, like, I feel more comfortable fighting Villagers as Bowser, which most people would say is a bad matchup, than picking Rob, which is a character that I also use a lot specifically to play against characters like Luigi. Like Luigi, I feel I struggle less with Rob because, you know, I could keep my distance. I don't have to play his grab game. But sometimes I just don't really care about winning with Rob. Like I want to win with Bowser. Like I want to play with Bowser. But yeah, you know, you get better over time. Maybe in another couple months or maybe a year, 
I'll find the secret to never getting grabbed from Luigi. But that's right my now, thinking. And to not like psychoanalyze you, but my thinking is the reason you keep putting up with them is because you do enjoy the scavenger hunt of finding the strategy around them. No, and, and, and it's and you're, super frustrating. No, no, you don't yeah, hate you're it, right. Really, you just prefer. You just can't figure out because it, it will to be unlock, so to speak. Because it, it will be that much more satisfying. And kind of yeah. like to the villager point, like that is a matchup where I used to consider like, oh god, a villager. Like this is a guaranteed mm-hmm. loss. To now it's like, all right, cool, let's do this. Like I know the little even even some of like the Bowser specific tricks because Bowser has something called like tough guy ability where he just shrugs off like a bunch of attacks that are below a certain percentage. Like, I'll just be able to keep walking through stuff and attacking through other things. And most people sometimes forget that and they get punished hard for it. So, you know, Bowser also has his annoying little things that I also hear from all the time to time. Like, oh, it's because it's Bowser. But, you know, yeah. like yeah, like yeah. you said, sometimes in the moment, yeah, I'll hate Luigi. I'll curse him. I'll wish, like, that character didn't exist in the game in the moment. But eventually when i do find the secret to beating them yeah it will make it all worth it and i've Mm -hmm. seen that time and time again versus the foxes that used to torment me the marios the oh god cloud but you know it's a (laughs) yeah it's 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 a learning experience and i mean that's that's gaming i mean once i throw the towel i mean yeah what's the point at that point yeah yeah and the only reason i was even able to deduce that that's what was was because with me when i do one-on-one against you or like some of our other friends eventually you know, I don't mind. Like, I play casually, obviously. I don't really think about the strategy very much. In fact, my strategy is the anti-strategy, it feels like. But um, eventually, I just grew up tired of playing. It's not even like I'm frustrated and I need to power through it to get to something better. I'm just like, nah, I'm over it, and I'm done. And I know you're never like that, and that's how I know there's something else. That's how I got tipped off that, no, there's a strategy in there you're trying to find. That's what's motivating you. Because I know the strategy of not trying to find a strategy, and it just I just get, I just stop caring. and just I'm not even mad. I'm just like, I'm done, and that's it. And I just want to do something else. And it's funny because like, sometimes like – Sometimes I'll need to get destroyed, like, initially. Like, the other week, I was playing against some... character was it? I think it was... I think it was, like, a Falco. And... Oh, no, it was a Kirby. Because they're also kind of crazy with the grabs and stuff like that. But, yeah, essentially... Not my Kirby, but, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, your Kirby (laughs) loves that that up B. Which, good Kirby is also... Down B, excuse you, down B. Well, both, but... True. Either way, um... Bees on bees. bees. But yeah, like, Kirby's, like, they can also be really annoying. And there was even a match where, like, maybe, like, the first two stocks, first two lives, we played with three lives. I recall, like, not being able to land a single hit. It was just, like, the most, like, excruciating, like, experience. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I just can't land a single hit. That I almost kind of, like, for a couple seconds, like, I just stopped, like, pressing the, like, I stopped pressing buttons. Like, I kind of just, like, like, ugh, like, I'm, I'm done with this game. And... Like, I, I ended up losing that game. Like, I kind of just, like, kind of stopped trying. Like, I just, if anything, I stopped trying, but, like, I just, like, kept observing Kirby. I'm like, all right, what is he doing? And then, like, the next game, like, I brought it a little closer. I still lost, but, like, I think I was, we were both down to, like, our last game. And then, luckily, this person kept rematching me. That's the thing about this game. Like, most people will leave after one game, or you'll beat them, like, twice, and then they'll beat you once, and then they'll leave. But this Kirby, he just kept playing me over and over again, and I'm thankful for that. Because after the second game, like I was able to beat him like three or four times in a row, and mm-hmm. then he left eventually, and I was like, "Cool, like I figured him out." But yeah, that's how Smash Brothers, and <laughs> it, I mean, it's the only game I guess I ever feel like I understand at that point. Like I wish I could be good at Street Fighter or 
Injustice and play as the Ninja Turtles, but I don't know what it is about traditional 2D fighters that, and you know, characters are facing each other, you're in a more limited plane, and it's a much more footsie game. It's much more about like very specific spacing and like throwing out. I mean, it is kind of like Smash Brothers, but yeah, I was about to it, say it just it's it, 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 very footsie. It, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, it's like it's just. I mean, I guess all fighting games are kind of footsie, but I guess like since Smash Brothers is more like more open and more of like a platformer like a it just plays like a platformer and i feel like that just it just clicks like i get it versus like a fighting game where i sometimes just get confused because if we're a fighting game traditional ones at least there are a lot of like i don't know i guess there's a difference between combos and strings and i guess for those that don't know combos are literally you input command one right after the other and everything will go will hit in a straight line and as soon as you land that first hit you pretty much get the arrest of the combo and that's your, you succeeded. Right. But in Smash Brothers, while there are some combos, like there are some things you can't escape, kind of like the Luigi one, like that, you could consider an actual combo. But I would say like 80% of the time, you're dealing with strings. And that means that after every hit, there is essentially a chance that your opponent can get out of it if they either hold the analog stick in the right direction or if they, cause some attacks like Bowser's, for example, if I throw out AA, he throws out like two big punches and, and knocks my opponent forward, they'll land on the ground. And if they react fast enough, they can tap a shoulder button and immediately stand up or roll in a direction. But if they don't, if I catch them in that like four frame minute or, yeah, that, I mean, that four frame window that they land on the ground, I could run up and punch them once and then they'll be stuck on the ground and then I could space out another punch and then I could punish them for like a bigger hit or, restart the combo or do some or restart the string and do something else but essentially you're able to get out of situations a lot easier in in smash brothers if you out predict your opponent but if your opponent is predicting that you're gonna do a certain thing to get out of it they can opt to do something else that could get you out of that and then it just kind of gets like into that mind game well if they see that coming then they'll do this other thing and then if they see that coming then maybe they'll go back to the first thing which to me makes it more exciting because it makes every game feel that much more almost not random, but like every fight just feels like it's incredibly unique. And I know everyone can say that about every fighting game, but I guess it's just how, I guess that's what well, I, I get think, from Smash Brothers. Thinking about how I much think you gotta give credit. It would be if you added items to the mix. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I love playing obstacles. with items. I mean, I, I am all for playing like with that stuff casually. Like it's always fun, but I mean, I do love my competitive side, but I'm also down to play with items. I'm not like other people that will, yeah, will refuse to play the game with them at all. Like, if anything, when the game first came out, like, I wanted to try out every item and every stage hazard and play with Pokeballs or, like, random stuff like that. And my brother typically would rather not do that. They would just be like, oh, we're just wasting time. But, you know, it's, I wish more people could do a little bit of both. Well, I think you fun. sort of dodged around. Ha, <laughs> dodge, because we're talking fighting games. Ha, <laughs> ha, No, I think you sort of dodged around an interesting point about Smash, though, with, um, with how you talk about, like, strings versus combos and items and everything. The game inherently was not designed like a traditional fighting game. The game was in- initially designed as kind of like the approachable party randomized fighting game so that means everything about the game's design everything about its choices everything about like you sit there and you press like seven buttons to do a combo or you do like a quick two button thing followed by another quick two button thing followed by another two like quick two button thing like all that is built into the game in such a way that it does create a very different type of fighting game even if it's played traditionally 
it's people trying to take what wasn't supposed to be a more approachable game and pulling it through the lens of something that's more of a traditional complicated fine game. But that still means, to your point, there's a lot of different mechanics as a result, like the fact that there's gaps between everything you do. Because you're not sitting there doing like rotate the stick three quarters, then hit a button, then hit another button, then hit another button, just do that one move. By that point in Smash, it's kind of equivalent to doing two or three moves with two or three gaps. In, or No, I yeah, it's, three it's, moves, it's, two it's gaps just very different. I mean, yeah, it, it so plays... I think that's I mean, a the, huge part of it is the, they made an approachable game and oh yeah, it just I mean, happened I, to get layered with some technical stuff versus the other ones which start technical and then if anything they try and make them more casual friendly with the characters or the designs of the levels or what have you. No, yeah. Like um, like I know how to play Street Fighter and I know how to use certain characters but definitely not to the advanced level that other people do. And yeah, like mm-hmm. there is a higher barrier of entry. There is like charge moves and like forward down forward a and i have to mention like a bunch of different combinations and playing on controller sometimes makes that a lot harder but it's kind of funny because like everything you just said also kind of goes out the window when you remember that there are characters like ryu ken and terry in smash brothers that literally do have specific combos because they're come from traditional fighting games yeah but and... those are kind of nods to the people already playing those games like those are not the characters no that, yeah and, you know... and they definitely feel out of place because when you get to like high level like Ken's and Terry's, those are characters that kind of like Luigi. Um, like if they touch you, like you're kind of dead most of the time. Not like right away. Like it takes like at least two or three exchanges. But like if you're like at thirty percent and Ken like hits you, he can literally just straight up combo into like his uppercut after like a bunch of hits. Just because he comes from a fighting game and he has specific mechanics that only apply to him that mm-hmm. let him cancel out other moves that let him do just that which is cool yeah. to watch but it's not great to be on the receiving end i think all but, that's kind of like to, to my point what i was saying a second i think that like someone like ken or ryu or terry are almost like window dressing on the like window dressings on top of the core of what smash bros is i mean they actually have those at, inputs in there which is really cool like yeah no that's super have, cool yeah. but yeah like if you look at what the core of smash bros is and then like the core of street fighter the core of street fighter is what ken ryu represent core king of fires what terry represents core smash bros is what the guys who don't do that represent and then this was a sort of throwing a bone to the core game like the the, the <laughs> hardcore hero fighting fans just mario party the character yeah essentially why i love him right yeah so it's kind of like it's just such a different design philosophy that led to the game which is probably why compared to other fighting games it is how it is and you know they throw a bone to some of the hardcore fighting fans for sure especially now that it's like the biggest fighting game um because they want to get that audience too but like you know, the window dressing of Street Fighter is not we make a character that plays like a Smash character because that the whole game is built entirely different and more complicated, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not yeah, ultimately. ultimately. I'm good with these unintentional puns today. Whew. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> definitely, definitely very fun. Very fun stuff. Very cool stuff. Definitely a lot of a lot of props to Sakurai for just bothering to go with all this. But, but yeah, it, it is... I definitely do appreciate the the more i guess wacky characters kind of like hero like i love the fact that when i play as him it's kind of like i'm playing with items even when items aren't available like nothing is more i mean obviously like 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 i've had like opponents complain to me about this like sometimes when i match when i match to pull it off or when i see it online as well like it'll be an actual tournament and hero will do his command he'll play hocus pocus and suddenly he's like half the size of the stage and then he'll just throw like a normal attack and break their shield and then just kill them in like one hit and it's very hilarious and funny to see, but like in a tournament, you're just like, God damn it, like that sucks. It's, Especially because Hocus uh, Pocus is like, it's like a one in 30 items. chance. <laughs> exactly, yeah, because like there's a one in 30 chance that Hocus Pocus will come out. And then there's like a one in like 60 chance that like you'll get 
like that particular move because you can also get negative effects. Like I was playing against Elbus a few times and from Hocus Pocus or from my item select, I've been able to become invincible. One time I became invisible and that actually gave me enough of an advantage to beat him. Or, you know, you just create this massive explosion that takes up like sometimes in some cases the whole stage that you can't really escape from and you're just kind of dead. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. But he's also not considered top tier because you do have to read the menu really fast and sometimes if you're not paying attention, you could blow yourself up by accident. So, yeah. Like a good Mario Party would be. <laughs> exactly. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah. that was a, that was a 30 great minutes intro. in, should Thank we talk you. about this Thank episode? <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Uh, oh, thank you. Thanks for giving me that. A moment to decompress and just oh, absolutely vent <laughs> and reflect. <laughs> I feel like it did start from like venting to just like I am now one with myself and I understand Smash Brothers. Is... <laughs> it was a it was a moment. To use a Daily Show term, it was a moment. Yeah, it's a moment of clarity. It was a moment of clarity. Yeah. Great, because uh, I have uh, <laughs> something to counter that. Um, oh. My twenty-four oh, yeah. hour descent into hell. Yeah, we uh, missed you last week on the show because you were off live streaming for 24 hours. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, apologies to that. <laughs> did you take no, the it's camera fine. with it's... you to like, the bathroom where you're just like, you're like, yep, I'm still oh, no, entertaining no, no, no. from no. back here. No, so I guess that... I, I guess we should start this then. Um, So I did a 24-hour stream on my YouTube channel uh, to quote-unquote celebrate 100 subscribers. Um, I'd begrudgingly yeah, say... Oh, thank you. I'd begrudgingly say celebrate because honestly... Um, doing a doing that twenty four hour stream was done out of spite, not it wasn't done out of uh gratitude towards everybody that followed me. It was literally just done out of spite. Uh, coworker said that I wouldn't do it, and I said I would when I when I'd hit a hundred subs. And uh, I think that was back when I said I had about no when I said when I had about like sixty subs. Uh, and I honestly wasn't expecting to get a hundred that quickly. Uh, but yeah, I, I was going to say, how much of that was you kicking it down the road, kind of crossing your fingers? Well, that's a 2021 problem or something. I, w- I, was, I, was, hoping, I was hoping that I would hit 100 in November so that mm. I could just play Cyberpunk for 24 hours. Mm. That was my... That's a good strategy to play Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. But clearly that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I made my bed, so I had to lay in it. Um... I've been streaming for about nine months now, uh, and I slowly gained momentum this last month. So I was about in the mid eighties and another streamer, uh, posted it on his Instagram to get me to a hundred subs. And that's basically what sealed the deal. Uh, I always thought that like a 24 hour stream was going to be fairly easy. Uh, and, and interrupt me whenever you guys have questions about, uh, about this, but, uh, so many. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was going to be fairly easy. Eat? What I eat? Oh, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I've been up for 24 hours before multiple times. I'm sure you guys have as well, right? Like, you guys have played I, all night or so I'm sure you have. Yeah, don't I've done think 24 I've done hours 24, before. I don't think I've done 24 hours. I've you definitely done, like, till hours? sunrise. Sunrise, but at what time so. did you wake up, like, the day before? Like, definitely like late morning? In college. Yeah, I don't think I ever did in college. I think, like, the closest was, like... Either in college, I know we did a couple of times. Like we went to Vegas once and went and got. We basically it was like four a.m. Like we should go to sleep, and they're like, or if we stay up only three more hours, we could go get this cheap breakfast off the strip of like steak and eggs. So we decided to do it, 
But I only I think I got up at like ten in the morning before, so even that wasn't twenty four hours. I don't think I've ever done twenty four hours. Weird. I remember I remember that. I think Yeah, you were there. You both yeah, were there. there. Yeah. <laughs> I busted my yeah. knee trying to oh, trying to man. get to that. Yes. Hotel. <laughs> that was yes, I think it was, was you or trip. someone that described it as like I like you got your knee shattered and that just sounded Oh god, I just can't picture that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you, I think you I literally like, oh, I shattered my knee. I'm going back. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> and this is at like ten at night when we were first leaving for the night. Yeah, I remember waking up in the hotel room, and like Elvis was right next to me. <laughs> I remember trying to get up. I said, "Oh, what happened to my knee?" And Elvis just started <laughs> laughing. And then I went to go wash my face, and I was like, "Oh, what does my face hurt?" And then I hear Elvis in the room laughing. Because apparently I walked into a wall, like at full, oh, at like full walking speed. Yeah. What? I mean, what, what? I just remember we were walking ahead of you. This was like you think it was like a glass wall or something that you. It, it, was, it was back in the hotel when when Elvis was taking me back to the hotel. Oh, so you, yeah, I just you, remember you guys we were, were doing something else. Yeah, we were walking ahead of you, and I just remember turning around, and you're sitting by the curb with Elvis, and I'm just like, like kind of like a planner or something, like an actual curb. I'm just like, what happened? And you're just like my knee and i like look at us like what happened he's like oh he just like kneeled down and now he's in pain i'm like what but what he like hit or anything but i guess the pain the real pain came later i think you were trying to jump a like a velvet rope or something like that <laughs> yeah that's what it was that's right okay that's we don't have to get into this <laughs> let's, get, let's, get, let's get back on track uh <laughs> yeah you're your other crucial life mistake of a 24-hour live stream <laughs> oh man oh, i can't wait to go back to back to vegas though um I can't wait till it's safe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so back to the twenty-four hour stream. Uh, like I said, I've, I've been up twenty-four hours before multiple times. Uh, usually, like I just can't go to sleep, and so then the next day I go into work, do my do my eight hours there, and then just continue on with my day as if I did have some sleep. Um, but I didn't take into account just how bored I was going to be sitting down in front of my computer for twenty-four hours. Like that was just up big mistake on my part the second mistake was having like little to absolute zero preparation going into it i had no games lined up i had no plans as to what i was going to do i didn't even know at what time i was going to start i didn't know what i was going to eat uh yeah that that was bad i i had like a vague idea in my mind of like okay 24 hours if i play six games for about four hours that you know that that's that's not that difficult uh, but even then that wasn't enough my streams usually vary in length maybe about uh, four-ish hours give or take an hour uh and then like retrospect i don't know why i thought that playing six games for four hours was going to keep me alive because for in a four-hour stream i'll usually play two games because i usually get bored of one and then i'll switch over so i would have needed like 12 games to <laughs> to play uh which Jesus Christ. I, I have an extensive Steam library, but may, I guess, I guess yeah, they're mainly like single player games and playing a single player game for one hour and bouncing out to the next one didn't seem like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so that so So what did you play over the course of the twenty four hours? Which so I Fall Guys. Yeah, so I played Overwatch, Valorant, Apex Legends, Dark Souls three at some point. Fall Guys, uh, Fortnite for like 20 minutes until I realized how much I hate that game. Uh, <laughs> Rogue Company, which I will be talking about uh, on this coming up random Nintendo 
uh, episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of Halo it's 3. It's on Switch? It is on yeah, Switch. Yeah, it's on Switch. It came out on Switch with the first partner showcase. Rogue Company. That's not a Star Wars thing, is it? No. No, that's Rogue <laughs> you're Squadron. Thinking, you're thinking about Rogue Squadron. Uh, I think it's a rogue one. I think it's anything with rogue. It's going to be something Star never Wars. About, I never thought about that. They do like the word rogue in Star Wars. You're right. Yeah. True. Um, so I started at 7.30. Oh, okay. So here's the timeline. And like yeah. I said, stop me at any point when you, when you want to ask questions. So I started at 7.30. And unfortunately, I started maybe about 20 minutes after the news broke that Chadwick Boseman had passed. Mm. Which... Rest in peace, oh, King. Yeah. Uh, good actor. But, Can um, we just point out real quick, actually, how amazing it is that he did all those movies with all that physicality and didn't bat an eye at having to do that in tandem with his treatment and didn't tell anyone and just powered through and like visited kids in hospitals while he himself was going through treatment and like just like literally lived his best life. Like it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. That he was able to juggle that and like pull it off. Like good for him. I mean, it's unfortunate he he passed, of course, but like, good for him that he really saw it his life to the fullest that he could yeah absolutely like and i did mention insane. that on my stream yeah. like he did three of like the highest grossing movies of all time right mm-hmm. yeah like and within... the first black led billion dollar movie yeah which was super physical and he had to be like really in shape for because they're like all these scenes where he's fighting shirtless and stuff like it was yeah it's yeah, crazy it's it crazy insane uh yeah rest in peace shadow Boseman. uh so i started around 7 30 played a little bit and by midnight i was still feeling good maybe a little bit tired but still like you know i was still able to function because 7 30 to midnight that's five hours that's that's a an average stream for me and but but like usually around midnight i'll end it and go to sleep uh with just enough uh tiredness to to make me go to sleep quick enough uh were you gonna say something jason no i was just saying right i was Uh, agreeing that that doesn't sound too grueling (laughs) yeah that, that was just a friday yeah that yeah that was just a regular friday stream it wasn't until 2 a.m. that I started to feel boredom. And, like, not oh. even just, just outright tiredness, just boredom. Especially because that was the point where, uh, like, many of my viewers uh, started going to bed. And so then, from there, I was just trying to wing it a little bit. But since the beginning of the stream, I had been telling uh, my chat that I know the point that's going to, the, the like, toughest hump for sure was going to be 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. Those three hours were absolute hell because not only was I bored of playing games, but that boredom led to me just getting fatigued. So it mm-hmm. was this thing of I was so bored that I was actually feeling just sleepy or like I was so bored that I was like, you know, a quick a nap will take care of this. Why, why, am, I, why am I playing video games? I could just be taking a nap, you know? But uh, thankfully, one of my viewers stayed up with me at at that like time block, and we played Valorant in that time frame. Which uh, which Valorant's a, is a good. I don't I don't think I'll ever talk about it in Quarantine Chronicles, but Valorant's really really fun. Um, what kind of game is it? Uh, I honestly don't really know much about it. Isn't it Do you know Counter Strike? Besides that, it exists. Like it's a shooter. It's it. Wait, is Valorant the the one that um uh David. Gilbert, Brian, <laughs> Brian David Gilbert, the one that he was trying to build his perfect gamer space for. Uh, was it? I don't remember. I think it might have mm. been. It, and and even if it is, like he, I think he only showed like a couple seconds of gameplay, which doesn't tell me much besides right. it being a shooter. I guess it's a uh, it's Counter Strike with like character abilities. So I think Counter Strike and Overwatch. 
<laughs> do you, do you think that playing so many character ability based shooting games in one twenty four hour window did not help your case? Because you said Overwatch, Valorant, uh, Fortnite briefly, um, Apex, and then uh, also Rogue Company is also one of those kinds of shooters. So I don't know if they led to me being uh-huh. fatigued from them, but I, I yeah I I just, I generally don't know what like what it was. Um, so around it's like a racing game could have mixed things up or something. You know I what? Know. I was I was thinking about <laughs> playing... Fall Guys was definitely a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, Fall Guys is a good a good change up. Yeah, um, there were there were some games that I was thinking about playing. You know what? A racing game probably would have felt great because I have both of the like Need for Speed games downloaded the the mm, ones that Criterion mm-hmm. made. I know those. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what I should have done. Well, once again, I had no game plan going into this. So, uh, time for a second one of these. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Um, like an, around nine o'clock, I got a second win, and that's where I finally felt awake. Like, like after that four, four through seven hump, and I thought to myself, I was like, "Oh yeah, I can absolutely go for like an extra ten more hours." But oh man, how naive I was, because I crashed hard <laughs> like at eleven a.m. And this is where the descent into madness goes. Maybe not madness, but it was truly where at this point I had a mini existential crisis. What? I'm 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 not lying. And what what happened at that like, what, point? What? I was just questioning everything that I had done up to that moment in time. <laughs> like not only like oh what led it was like I was legitimately having thoughts of. I wonder if I would be doing this if I had gone to college. Kind of, kind of like question. So, like one of those freeze frame movie intros, like, oh, you're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, yeah like exactly. the record scratch. <laughs> exactly. <all that>. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, like, wow. but I was like, I was like, what's the point of any of this? I was like, I was like, live streaming is a mistake. Video all games what you're are playing, a right? Were you, were you verbalizing this yeah. in the live stream? <laughs> so, uh, some of the more existential stuff. I wasn't verbalizing, but I absolutely was verbalizing stuff like live streaming was a mistake, video <laughs> games are a mistake, technology is a mistake. You, have you gone back and looked, and could you see it in your eyes? So that's uh, so that's uh, <laughs> another part of this that that I'll get to a little bit like okay. at the end. Okay. Um, finally, at around like two p.m., I finally, finally, to answer your question, Angel. I finally ate something at 2 p.m. So I had to go seven right? till two? I mean, You're up, so you're burning more energy. So I was. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't have anything from 7 p.m. all the way through what should have been two more meals till 2 p.m. the next day. <laughs> I, I had some ruffles. Okay. Like I a big some, bag or like a little bag. Like a like a family sized bag. <laughs> Okay, so that that you know, one family size bag for a single person is almost a meal. A balanced one, no, but a meal, sure. Um, I so had I'll to drink that. during that whole time. So, so at seven thirty when I started, I had one sugar free monster. Um, at one point, I had a Cali cream and beer. Oh yeah, I did see a, that on stream. Yeah, mm, it, that's it was like an a, interesting choice because alcohol can put you asleep. So it's depressing. Yeah, but it's Cali cream and it, it wasn't like it was strong or anything. Okay, it's like. Don't get me wrong, Cali Cream is delicious, but it's not the strongest beer. Um, sure, yeah. Then uh, I had like a bunch of uh, s- sparkling waters. I don't know if any of you guys tuned in, but sparkling ice is my 
beverage of choice. Spike, I, sparkling ice is amazing. I, I have, we just bought like 20 bottles of it for my house yes. like the other day. Sparkling so ice is so great. and So good. I, I am trying everything I can yeah, to I've become to a try a sparkling water that I like. Sparkling like ice is what LaCroix wishes it was. I don't like exactly. LaCroix. I don't like the ones where it just tastes like diluted orange juice kind of. Exactly. But sparkling ice actually tastes like the fruit it's supposed to be. It's basically more of a carbonated juice without having juice that is like a sparkling water yeah you'll you'll love it angel trust me you uh, it's when, really good when i yeah. went to when when uh i was off soda forever when i was on keto and i was just replacing it with sparkling ice and it's it's just as everybody's good i think it's because it's a little more bubbly than uh mm-hmm. like a sparkling water than a, a perrier or uh these or are a, not like, flavored i'm guessing right no they these are flavored, flavored. Like, they're super flavored. That's my point. So there's a there's flavored, yeah. a, like what a few flavors? recommendations. Uh, lemonade's very good. Kiwi strawberry is very good. Fruit punch is surprisingly good. There's an apple one that's pretty good. I there's, haven't tried um, the fruit punch one yet. It but, uh, but it I'm for very some reason is wrapped in patriotic packaging compared to the others. Yeah. Like there's it's draped in like a flag. Yeah, I, um, I've, but I've it's very it before, good. But I have, I've yeah, it's it's actually might be my favorite now. Um, black raspberry. There's some I haven't tried. I, yeah. my favorite. I haven't had that one yet because it's not really like raspberry too much. So what makes it special? Like, do these not have? Delicious. So these don't have, have sugar, have or what, what? Like, what are? What makes these they are good? Zero sugar. They're all to. They're zero summer. sugar. All bubbles. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, they don't have any sugar. They have like two percent real juice, uh, but they're basically a sparkling water where they just go really heavy on the flavoring, opposed to like a Lacroix. They're caffeine free. They're caffeine free. They're base. They're sparkling water that don't taste like sparkling water. Like, don't get me wrong. There's probably some so sugar alternative like in this soda. They taste kind of like – yeah, they have actual flavor. They don't taste like soda. They taste – I think the best comparison is like a s- bubbly Snapple maybe. Interesting. Yeah. But not as sweet. Uh, sparkling ice, They're get good. at me, They're please. Good. I would love to become your Yeah, hit us up. We'd love to open every episode with brought to you by sparkling ice and then a refreshing – sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I love oh, man. In, so in this heat, that would be nice. Yeah. So I had maybe about <laughs> six sparkling ices, black raspberry. Mm. Um. Uh, I had one, one bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> but you had six sparkling ices, which are just sparkly water. So you yeah, know. true. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then I had my second sugar-free monster. Like at wait, 6 what water bottle was that though? Was an Arrowhead, right? No, it was not Arrowhead. It was Aquafina. Oh, okay. Yeah, Arrowhead's disgusting. Yeah, I had to learn that Arrow- the hard way from you guys. Yeah, I don't know what you think was thinking. That was I, I bought kind a of whole up. If, if anything, it was a pretty messed up prank. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I didn't know, but here's the thing: now other people I've talked to have agreed that Arrowhead's awesome, uh, awful. So it's not just <laughs> yeah. Like, who yeah, do you hang Arrowhead. out with? Yeah, I think it's a universal known that Arrowhead is disgusting. I didn't know that until I brought 24 of them to Comic Con, and everyone's like, "You keep that water," and literally <laughs> would rather go dehydrated and didn't drink water than drink the Arrowhead. Like, yeah, I'm gonna spend like six bucks for a water bottle. No thanks. <laughs> no, like. Literally, like, honestly, they they're would just be, so we would be on like, the shuttle was... in the morning, and they're like, oh, "I haven't had anything to drink since before we like went out last night. I'm so thirsty." I'm like, "I have 22 more arrowheads. Please just take one for your safe for your like health." And they'd be like, "No, I'd, I'll just I'll yeah, just I'd, I'd rather die. go through with a hangover." Because <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, they're just very satisfying, and, and I don't know what it is about arrowhead, but like, it doesn't quench my thirst. Like after drinking it, I still feel the same as before I drank it. It's so. more like earthy as well. Now that I've had my attention drawn to it, it has like it tastes more like dirt. <laughs> dirty not dirt per se but it doesn't have like the same like pure refined crispness of some other waters it's like it like doesn't have that like like edge 
like, others like, did. It's like, like if somebody have dumped some... water onto a sidewalk and then somehow <laughs> scooped it all up and put it back into the bottle. <laughs> kind of. Now that now that my attention is drawn to it and now that I've developed a water palette. Um, yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I get I'm it. I'm glad you're starting to come around. Um, yeah, you, the signature. You know, it's like, it's like beer. It's like beer. It's like you start to figure out what the good and bad beers are at some point. You start to learn. You develop a water palette. That's what I'm having right now. I have a, a Kirkland one next to me. It's pretty decent. The Kirklands aren't bad. Yeah, though. the Kirklands are right. Yeah, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what I had to eat and drink. At 2 p.m., I finally had tacos that that I ordered. Um, and I I had this burst of energy, like oh, oh, these last five hours are gonna be nothing. But my poor soul, still so naive, I crashed again like <laughs> at 4 p.m. It was. Did- did you eat the tacos on the stream? Did you turn it into like one oh, of those yeah. mukbang videos where people no, are watching? No, no, no you eat? absolutely not. My my stream <laughs> will forever be a mukbang stream. I've had viewers who are like, "Are you going to do a mukbang stream?" And I time them out because uh, <laughs> I don't want any of that mukbang propaganda in my chat. Propaganda. So, yeah. So I I yeah, eat fair, anybody fair. who who talks about mukbanging in my uh, mukbanging. By the way, Pokemon do you related? realize? No, it's not. No, it's uh, videos of I think it started in Korea, right? Videos of just people yeah, was, eating food, and you just watch them eat, and they're not necessarily talking to you. They're sitting there enjoying their food, slurping away, and you're just like, it's like some sort of weird food ASMR, I guess. I don't yeah. really quite get it either, but yeah, absolutely. Um, but that sentence, by the way, what a 2020 sentence? You know uh, how you're saying that you don't like people talk about mukbang and you yeet them out. Like, ask a parent what that means, kids, and they will have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um. The, the thing about the second crash was there was no existential crisis. At that point, it was just mental and physical pain as I was trying to force my eyelids to stay open and my mouth to stay closed so I could stop yawning. At one point in the stream, I did look up what happens like if you hold back a yawn. Because, you know, people say like, oh, you shouldn't hold back a sneeze. You should absolutely let it out. And I'm a person that always tries to hold back a sneeze. But, do you, yeah, do you guys know what happens uh, when you hold back a yawn? Uh, I know as a kid when I held back a yawn in class, I felt so proud that I hit it. But I don't know what it does <laughs> <Andrew>? to my body. <laughs> oh, I'm all the time. Wait, no, so no, what happens? You know what What's happened? the outcome when you do? So, uh, apparently, according to one anonymous user in uh, oh, 2009 on oh, Yahoo that, that Answers, <laughs> said that I would lose my citizenship and my penis would fall off at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, last I can... time. Last Straight time up I checked, proved that. <laughs> at last time I checked, my penis is still attached to my body, but I still haven't confirmed my citizenship, so I might be screwed there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the last leg. Well, last now, keep us from posted. Four p.m. to the end of the stream was was definitely tough. Uh, I think you could see it. My eyes were bloodshot red. At some point, Angel, your brother in law, showed up in the chat and was like, "Yeah, you need to come see us." Like. Oh, because you absolutely <laughs> damaged your eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's an optometrist for those at home. Yeah, my sister yeah. and brother-in-law. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. optometrists, and, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go see them uh, in about two weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I hope that... your eyes are okay. I hope your soul is okay. <laughs> it looked go, like uh, I had jaundice. Like <laughs> it looked like I had Hep C. Honestly, and that's off one day. And that's one off day. one day. One day of of staring at three screens. And uh, trying to play video games at a even... I'm already mediocre at games. Now imagine with, like, almost no sleep. 
Uh, oh god, you'd be at my level at that point. That'd be awful. Yeah, that last block was tough, <laughs> but I was playing with uh I, I was playing Fall Guys with uh my buddy who said that I wouldn't do it. But and oh mm. man, did I did I whoop him so hard in that Fall Guys I, I had two back to back. Oh wins. man, that makes it even better. Ah, uh, that I makes felt, it all worth it then. I felt so then proud. the spite pay, paid off. Yeah, and then finally around seven thirty I finally finished. I you know, I thanked everybody who was there, uh which which I am thankful for. Uh for for anybody who who might have tuned into that, uh, did you tune in at all, Jason? I did not because I wasn't home. But I do want to go back and I mean, watch it. You don't, I was at home, and I, I mean, it's kind of it's the internet. You have to be home. Well, here's my question: If I want to go watch it, or if a viewer wanted to go watch it, did you archive it to be viewed? And if so, where can it be found? Okay, so my YouTube channel is now I finally have a URL. Think because as soon as you nice. hit 100 subs, you can get your your custom URL. Oh, so I, I on YouTube, I'm finally, uh, you, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do kind of, YouTube... you could do slash Ram Nintendo com, but we don't have like a vanity URL in the same way. Oh, no, no, no. Like, like same thing. Like you could, you could find me at youtube.com slash KVN Gomi. And, and that goes over my page with uh, a bunch of the, the VODs of the streams. So uh, it breaks my heart. YouTube does this thing where when you live stream, obviously they're hosting they're hosting the stream, but they also have to host the video and they have to process the video. the The processing for the twenty four hour stream has not happened, and I don't think it ever will. I I have a way you might be able to to trigger it. Go in and try and edit something in the video, and then try and publish it or add it to a playlist, and it will kick it in. Mm. That has happened for I'm, me with uh, when uploading our show sometimes. Huh. I, I I might try that then. Yeah, because I because I, I want really to watch it. I just wasn't around at the time it was airing, but I want like, to watch it very. Yeah, much. I also want to watch it. I also want to. I also want to download it so that I can make like a highlights <laughs> video. Yeah. Uh, either and I was like, oh, I'll do it like a month at like at the one month anniversary or maybe even the the one year anniversary. You know, um, and it would be my first full video that I upload to the channel. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was a twenty four hour stream. I I like I said uh. Once I thanked everybody, I took a I took a melatonin on stream, uh, so that it wouldn't so that I wouldn't knock my ass out ASAP. I took a celebratory shot of Don Julio nineteen forty two, uh, that I had that my dad's bottle, but uh, it, he's never gonna drink from that, so it's all right. Uh, and then I went to sleep like at eight p.m. Then I woke up the next day at, I think I woke up like at seven. I said nope mm-hmm. and went back to sleep and I woke up at twelve thirty. I still had a shift you... that I had to do at work. Um yeah. I was, Did you I was feel okay with... waking up the second time? Oh, like did you I was, I was feel Yeah, I was I was like refreshed, but I still have like I still had mental scars of the stream. Sure. <laughs> oh, of course, uh, of course. Yeah. I still I still have n- freaking non flashbacks. It's terrible, it's weird. Um Yeah, that was, that was really my streaming for you though? Like I mean I, streaming after that? Have you been like, I don't enjoy this as much anymore? Or you're like, all right, it's kind of back to normal. It, it's definitely more back to normal. I remember at the end of the stream, I was like, I'm not touching a computer for the next week. But you know, <laughs> like I said, I'm very naive. So uh, I think I, <laughs> I think the next, day, the next day or, or the day after I went back to streaming. And uh, everybody was like, oh, so are you going to do 48 hours for your 200 subs? And I eat them from the chat for even trying <laughs> to... For even bringing that up, uh, yeah, for my 200 subs, I'm doing a nice two-hour stream, even less 
on my average <laughs> because so when you hit a thousand is it like one minute the stream at that point no no i, I think if <laughs> i ever get to 1000 lord knows when when that would happen but if i ever get to a thousand i definitely will do another 24 hour stream but actually plan it out this time um mm, having a schedule yeah, would definitely yeah. be cool for games i'm sure it would make it time pass by a lot faster as well and it also help people know if they want to hop on a game and play with you at time to like tune in and stuff. yeah absolutely like i said also schedule more meals was, <laughs> yeah be sure yeah. to schedule some meals get lots of sparkling ice breaks like have them designated be sponsored by them maybe yeah. sleep the whole day before yeah true well that's always hard because you can't really like force yourself to sleep more than you're tired for yeah. knowing you're gonna be tired later but <laughs> stay up yeah. 24 so, hours a I couple guess, days before that that way really... enough uh, I was actually, there was two dates that I had in mind, which was the Friday into Saturday that I did, so the 28th into the 29th, and the other day was going to be tomorrow, actually, the 6th into the 7th, because I have a three-day weekend. I'm sure you guys have three-day weekends too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Or today so, when this podcast goes up. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Thinking in the future, like, I, which I also is like correction, I, thought... I guess we do have a vanity URL. We just don't, it's just not labeled as such in YouTube, because oh, we have okay. the exact same URL as you, so... No. I retract my no. Um, but yeah, I was I was thinking about doing it this three day weekend because it would have been so much easier. I would have had an entire week to plan it out. I was like, I got my hundred subs. I I stopped streaming. I didn't stream for like two days, and then the day before I I streamed for like an hour and a half just to like announce, hey, tomorrow it's going down. And then I went I went to work at six a.m got home like at four and took a three hour nap that was my that was my sleep before the stream is what uh, is what drove you to nap. do it last week the spite of proving the coworker wrong is that why absolutely. i couldn't wait the week absolutely <laughs> and people, that spite's what led and, to no people, planning people and were like oh you're not to... gonna do it oh you're gonna crash at like 12 hours i'm like I, at first i i absolutely thought that it was gonna be easy um and then slowly getting closer to 100 subs i was like oh no it's gonna be tough but you know i could do it and it was tough physically i wasn't prepared for the mental anguish that i was gonna uh, be put through for sure it was just oh man it sounds yeah i mean props to you for doing it that's insane i could never bring myself to do something like that so yeah it's uh it's gonna be a while until i do anything longer than 10 hours honestly that's Which, still a very long time. Just saying. <laughs> That's, I thought you were going to say like yeah, three hours. You're, you're absolutely right. The I, actually, you know what the the second longest stream that I've done is eight hours, and that was when the new season of Apex Legends launched, and that was because I was having so much fun with it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be mm-hmm. doing anything longer than six hours, in eight, like anytime soon. Understandable. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's why I missed uh, the last uh, round of Nintendo. But what a story you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. You survived. You survived. Yeah, I survived. I came out. I came out the other side, a mentally broken man. <laughs> but, uh, you know. You know what's really like weird about this is this whole hour of the show so far has literally been each of you like losing your minds for various reasons. Which like I coming into this episode, I was just like, oh, what am I gonna talk about? And literally, my only plight is I didn't laugh hard enough at some comedies. But you guys are like both descending into legit madness <laughs> and like having like whole like you know questioning your whole life and i was like i wish i could laugh harder like are what a different wavelength we've been on i wish i could have laughed during the last 10 hours of my stream i i was man i laughed i think once 
from from uh like 9 a.m to 7 30 p.m that's damn sad yeah uh but i but you know what Let, let's let's turn our frowns upside down all right jason let's talk about yeah i'll sure i'll talk about the, my, my plight my plight compared to your guys so yeah i uh we were trying you know when we were putting stuff together i seen about like what's something i could talk about and what i really want to talk about was saying i could see tenant but i can't see tenant because it's not you safe can't to go see theaters tenet. and yeah you can watch it are, no one's stopping you i can't see it legally you. and without flying to another state and then there's health concerns about going what about to a, what about so, a drive-through theater drive driving driving theater i don't think they're playing i don't think uh chris nolan's letting him do that i don't think it's in any drive-ins so they want it in the biggest screens possible with the loudest sound system would he roll so, in his um, bed if people put it in a drive-in uh why would he roll in his bed he just go write an angry email He's alive. <laughs> like, well, I said rolling his bed, not his grave. Oh, uh, but his grave. No, I think like so, WB said they're not going to put in drive-ins. Funny thing about about like being able to do it safely. Somebody did the math, and they saw how much money. Uh, what what's the, the new X Men movie? What New Mutants? New Mutants. The new, new Mutants, mutants. which Whatever. is in drive-ins. You can see that in a drive-in. Yeah, you, yeah. That's what that's why I thought uh, maybe you could see a tenant, but uh, somebody did the math. And it was like, on average, only seven people probably went to go see that movie in theaters. Which, like, <laughs> if you think about Tenet, like that's not yeah. too bad if you think about it. Like seven people in a mo- in like a huge movie theater, that that you can still do that safely. Yeah, it seems like the concern is more, from what I've gathered, that um, they they aren't they're saying you have to wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking. But what if you know someone chokes on some popcorn and then has COVID and spews into the air? The way that air well, circulates, yeah, just, it will aerate for or whatever the word is for a while, and it could come to you even if you're like not in front of them. So, yeah. but the broader point is, so I wanted to be able to talk about Tenet because I'm very excited about that movie. But instead, I was thinking about well, what movies have I been able to watch? And I realized that it's all just stuff on Netflix and HBO and you know Hulu. And the thing that I really kind of thought was interesting is in the same way that Tenet's supposed to be like a movie theater experience and that's why they're gunning so hard and not letting us watch it on those services, a lot of the comedies I ended up watching these last few months I also realized are kind of movie theater experiences whether or not like the studios want to recognize it as such. Like what I mean – so I saw Eurovision, uh, the Netflix movie with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams and uh, An American Pickle with Seth Rogen and um, Seth Rogen and – you know, I watched those like one was a month ago, one was a few months ago. But the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is like they're not bad. Like they're pretty much by the books in terms of what they're supposed to be. But because there's not that communal like theater viewing experience, I feel like comedies of a certain cut from a certain cloth take like a quality hit. That is not at all their own fault. It's just the, the like circumstance you're in and the context you're viewing in that kind of like affects it. And what I mean is like like let's take Eurovision for example. Um, so this is basically. A Will Ferrell movie in the style of all his others, like in the style of Anchorman, in the style of Talladega Nights, in the style of that whole era of comedies where it's like, what if we take a kind of real thing and put this super like kind of dumb, naive person into that situation who somehow gets by but in the most backwards ways and then make a movie about their crazy experience? And there's always some little lesson about like the importance of family or friends or whatever along the way. But it's really just like look at how like absurd what should normally be a normal thing can become. And Eurovision's like little twist is, of course, that um, Eurovision itself, the competition, the same competition, is already absurd. So it was like absurd on top of absurd. But like the the check boxes were all there to like check off for Eurovision. Like they got 
you know, Will Ferrell with a wig doing a weird accent that is not consistent. They have, like, these kind of ridiculous set pieces where things go totally off the rails that shouldn't normally. They have the, like, actor you wouldn't expect to be a father figure. Look, Pierce Brosnan is his dad. How random is that? Like, they have all the things, and they even have things like, oh, there's a scene where he's interacting with a dog, kind of like how he did in Anchorman with Baxter. Like, they have all the, like, checkboxes and all the, like, bits and everything kind of, like, are in that line of, like, train of thought. But what I realized is if there's not a crowd around you, at least for me, I don't laugh as much. Like, I will smile at a joke. I will, you know, uh, be like, huh, okay, I see what they did there type of thing in my head. But unless there's, like, a group of people, the whole movie doesn't feel as funny because, like, laughter, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but for me it's kind of infectious, right? Right. So, well, no, no, no. I don't mean I won't enjoy it, but I mean, like, laughter is infectious in the sense of – yeah, but, so what I get I'm from that is like, movie, is this funny? I don't have people around me to tell me if this is funny. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I can find something humorous and be like, huh, or whatever in my head. But like if someone else laughs out loud at it, laughter is contagious. Kind of. So like other people laugh out loud, you laugh out loud. And then when you come out of the movie, you're like, oh, I la- I literally laughed a lot. That must have been really funny. Even if the joke itself was kind of like I went back and watched um, Talladega Nights like years later. I think with you actually, Angel. And it – didn't feel the same as when I saw it in a theater full of people laughing. Like the jokes were the same, the quality was the same, everything was the same. I saw the humor, but it didn't it didn't resonate as much because there wasn't like that communal experience. So, to be fair, like, ah, that that ah. might be just because you've already seen the movie in. Like, Maybe, but but now Eurovision kind of proves my theory though. And I and no, I mean I saw Talladega Nights at the time, like it was like twelve years apart or something, so I don't remember every single joke. There's a lot I didn't remember. Um but yeah, I don't know. So it's kind of like this weird thing where it's just like – like the, the humor is the same. Like Will Ferrell doesn't change his style of humor. I mean maybe like a movie like uh, uh, Downhill or whatever at the start of the year, which was him doing something a little more dramatic and kind of like a like a Descendants type of humor. Obviously that's different, but this was his like bread and butter. And like the humor was there in the same way, but I noticed that like it just wasn't – it didn't resonate with me as much. And then afterwards I'm like, OK, yeah, that was fine. But I'm sure if I thought a movie, I'd be like, oh, this part's really funny and that part's really funny. And there's things I can pluck out in my head that's like, that is a thing that I could reference, you know, in the future that people could reference. Like, it could be a running joke type of thing. But then, like, it just wasn't because there was no one there. <laughs> like, it was, it was odd. And then, you know, American Pickle, I thought, was kind did of you, similar situation. Did you see situ- these movies with your girlfriend? I did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did she not find them funny or? No, no, no. That's the thing. We both thought it was funny, but neither of us like crowd to find things funny or I guess funny. No, no, no. Like actually she likes Eurovision a lot and watched it like another time after we watched it. Um, in like the same week. Um, but no, it's just like, I don't know what it is. Like, I guess another example is like, I'll watch a stand up special. Right. And I'll be like, okay. And I'll like, like the jokes. Like I like John Mulaney stuff a lot, but like, I don't laugh out loud at it. But if I go to a stand-up show, like I've seen John Mulaney live, I do laugh out loud. And it's literally sometimes the, you know, very, his humor is the same. It's the same type of bits. It's just something about, and I don't think I'm the only one that like, if you go a movie where the theater's a third full and it's a comedy, I feel like the comedy doesn't click as well as when I like saw a movie where it was a full theater. And it's not that the comedy's not good or that it's not written well. It's just this kind of thing of like, there's some sort of like, I guess, chemical trigger in my head of like laughter and endorphins that come with it. And then when it's not there, I'm like, yeah, that was funny versus being like, yeah. oh, that was so good. And it I think a good point of reference for that, um, where are you going to say, Angel? No, for that, yeah, I, I cannot relate to that whatsoever. Like the only the only time I ever just like randomly laugh at something that could debatably not be funny, like the only time I would ever say that laughter is infectious is when it's something that's happening between like me and my friends. Like if another friend of mine is like cracking up, then like maybe I'll start cracking up. And it's usually over something like really dumb. 
Like maybe someone will say right. something and then we all just start laughing. We're like, why are we laughing? We've had like, maybe oh, yeah, moments yeah. like that. Yeah. But anytime I'm in like a movie theater or in a big crowd or something and I'm watching a comedy, if anything, I don't know why, but th- I mean, this, this feels more like it's more mainly a me thing, but I almost feel like the laughing detracts from the movie. Like sometimes I feel like, like it makes me question, like sometimes like it makes me overanalyze the joke. Like sometimes if I find something funny, mm. like I, I know, I know when I find something funny because I've, this, I've had this happen many times, but I guess I'll finish the thought in order. Like I've had many times in a the theater where everyone will be cracking up and I'll be like, that wasn't that funny. Like I find myself thinking that a lot more when I'm in a big crowd of people. Like, yeah, it was funny, but not enough to crack up. That reminds but, me of something that, oh, keep going. Oh, no, but, no, no, no. but I, yeah. but I found myself many, many, many times, like many, I guess. I mean, I do watch like a lot of movies and shows by myself and I've definitely found myself like, Sometimes even cracking up. Like, I've cracked up on watching Wonderful World of Gumball. I've cracked up watching Futurama. I've cracked up watching a bunch of other comedies on my own. So I know, like, I don't know, but I can't really... I, I, but I also don't really watch that many comedies in theaters as well. I feel like... I think we, I... So I don't know. It's... I think part of it's... Actually, I can't remember what you guys say before I launch into my um, other point. Yeah, so so what Angel is specifically is, like, he'll be in the theater or something and, and like, he'll I don't hear think that's something that funny. Yeah, was um at an event that me and you were Jason like separately. Yeah. Uh when we saw the community panel at yes, Pele Fest Pele. when they showed uh G.I. Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I remember one guy cracking up at the jokes and I was like, that wasn't new that wasn't funny at all. What are you I, I Oh yeah, and there, so and there like, is get, to be yes, fair. I get what, what there, Angel's saying. I get what sure. Angel's saying too, because to be fair, there's jokes that like some people at the air laugh way hard and others. But I feel like overall, I kind of ride. I'm like with the tide of the laughter, kind of, where like I will find what I find funny, funny or not funny. But if it is something I find funny, I'm more likely to actually like have the full like sensory reaction of sorts. If there's like a crowd that's also doing it, like case in point, I love you know, com- I, I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Obviously, I watch Conan all the time. I will go to Conan, and I will like you've been with me, Angel. We go to tapings of both his uh, like of his travel shows, right? And we're literally being filmed as the laugh track. And I, I will. No, I definitely have. I definitely have. In fact, mm-hmm. there are one or two times that, like the very first one I did for Cuba, I think at one point I was also at a point of like tears, like I was laughing so hard. Never happens with the episodes where I just watch it at home. Like it's just mm-hmm. maybe it's just me, maybe I'm weird, but I think that like the Though, though, like one to one example, um, maybe more so than the Eurovisions, is, uh, Eurovision was, is uh, an American Pickle, which in and of itself is not Seth Rogen's best movie. It's kind of cool he plays himself and like an older yeah. grandfather version of himself. Like the, just I watched the thing. Hands. What? I mean, after hearing you say that, and then it's like just reminding myself, like, oh, Ninja Turtles are in his hands. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, they produce a ton of stuff. To be fair, well, like his most recent company, stuff, though, The Boys. Is by him. Um, Pretty sure. What was the most recent thing? So, so it's uh, American Seth Pickle, right? and Evan Goldberg, right? Yeah, yeah. Point Grey is the production company. Yeah. Okay. But they do the boys. They do. Um, they do they the did boys? something else on AMC. That, not yeah, to be confused the with boys. the boys in the band that I thought. was Yeah, the not boys. to be confused with when you're like, wait, the boys is on Netflix, and you just didn't read the whole tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very selectively um, read that tweet. But yeah. Yes, you did. But no, but I literally so skipped Pickle, over like, he, the entire list of actors, and I. Skipped over um, Big Band Theory's guy's name, which I should recognize. Jim 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 uh, Parsons. Parsons? Yeah. yeah, Parsons. Yeah, because he was there, and there was a picture of him too. But I'm not like, oh, the boys coming to Netflix. 
And yeah, anyway. Yeah, but it what but it wasn't. <laughs> it was the boys in the band. But um, again, it's one of those things that uh, like American Pickle I was trying to get at was like that's another movie where so that movie's it's not like so there's like two cuts types of Seth Rogen movie and occasionally he does like a heartfelt one like fifty fifty but there's like the like just totally 50/50. like silly comedy yeah yeah it's really good but there's like the toy silly comedy where it's just like for being silly sake like you know Pineapple Express super bad there's the sort of silly but also like kind of has a message one uh the interview for example it was way over the top but the point they're trying to get across is look at how like ridiculous north korea is right and in american pickle it's kind of a silly concept it's a, he his grandfather version of himself gets brined essentially he gets dropped in a pickle he falls in a pickle van a hundred years later he comes out of the pickle vat as kind of like a look at like how society and culture has changed and specifically how uh like the value of family and religion to that family has changed. Um, but it's kind of told through this ridiculous premise of he got brined in a giant pickle jar, essentially. Does to that the point where even the story at one point anymore, or is what? it literally just a method they used to get him to the present? It's the, well, they, yes, it's again to the present. I mean, there's a scene right at the beginning where there's a press conference where they're explaining what happened and a reporter goes, that's not plausible. This is, this is a ridiculous reasoning of how this could happen. And he's like, well, let me explain. And it just cut to him like pointing to charts that say like science and then all the reporters go, oh, that makes sense. And that's it. So they like totally just use it as like a, a reason to get into the story. But like that one, so the interview and that I would say are kind of in a way similar in terms of their tone and their message they're trying to convey. Um, the interview is a little more ridiculous, but what's kind of interesting is so most people, right, saw the interview only at home because it was banned for a while due to the Sony hack and everything. Not banned, but they didn't want to release it, and they finally released it on Christmas only on video on demand. So it was like the precursor to all this situation, right? And I saw the interview in a theater. Granted, we had free alcohol given to us, so I had a couple beers, <laughs> and Seth Rogen – and I chatted with Seth Rogen, so I had a little bias – uh, had beers with Seth Rogen. Uh, so there's that. But then I, when it came out, my dad's like, do you want to watch it? Cause he forgot I saw it. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I watched it again. And the vibe I had of the interview watching it at home was exactly the same vibe I had watching an American pickle at home. Like almost identical in terms of just like, there were a couple things I was like, okay, you know, that actually was kind of like, that's funny. And there were a few, and granted, yeah, I saw that one eight weeks prior. So I kind of knew what I was getting into, but there are a couple things I still was like, that's funny. But there was a lot where I was just like, oh, okay. And then in the theater, those things I was like, oh, okay about, I definitely laughed at in the theater because of the environment of the theater. And I feel like you comedy is one of those things where like the energy of the crowd really makes a difference. So I feel bad, I guess, for all these comedies that come out and like I could watch them with my girlfriend, I could watch them whenever and I could still see the value in them, but it loses like a piece of the experience, I guess, in my opinion. Um, having makes it sense. Kind of a lot of people must be feeling that way because I mean, it's no coincidence that I may, I may be Oh, that's not that funny. But I mean, the whole auditorium is laughing. I mean, half of them may be strictly because everyone else was laughing. But I mean, there definitely is a reason, I guess, why I guess they're so successful in theaters. But, yeah, and it's like everyone's talking about, you know, like Tenet and action movies and these big blockbuster things. I'm saying, like, I mean, comedies have kind of been wilting on the vine for a while. Like, if you think about the most <laughs> successful comedies in theaters were ones that doubled as action movies, 21 and 22 Jump Street. Uh, game night, horrible bosses. You know, they all had these like action sequences, like regular old comedies, the Talladega Knights and Anchormans and Zoolanders of the world. And even more evident by their sequels, like aren't really a thing anymore. Like they don't really work in movies. Like comedy as a genre has kind of moved on to other things. You know, like stuff like Spy is popular and that's basically a spy movie, but with a comedy overlay. 
So there's definitely been like a move away from that. So even if American Pickle and um, uh, uh, Eurovision came out in a theater, it still wouldn't have like the auditorium being full type of vibe. So they'd still kind of be, it'd still be kind of detrimental to them, but at least there'd be the chance for that, which the COVID kind of cut off, cut the head off the snake sort of. So yeah. So like I, I would still say like of the two, Eurovision's more of a, like it feels more good quote unquote like it's more of like a world feral movie in the traditional sense american pickle it does some interesting social commentary stuff there's even some stuff about like the influence of like cancel culture and and politics and twitter and everything um in there i won't say more than that but so there's some interesting like points it makes but like of the two you're more like if you're looking for a will feral movie it's a will feral movie seth rogue like american pickle is more seth rogan trying something a little different um but it still does kind of have the sort of yin and yang of how the interview was like mm. silly at times, but then also serious at times about what I was trying to portray. So anyway, that was my spiel. You guys are all descending into craziness. And I was just like, I wish I could laugh more. But I will say, <laughs> I, I will say that my favorite movie of the year so far has been Sonic. a comedy. <laughs> no, has been, um, I, I still have actually haven't seen Sonic. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, you should I'm watch it. It's pretty entertaining. Again, it's a comedy that has action. in it. I mean, it felt good. I saw it twice in theaters. Was that why you saw it twice in theaters? Um, different groups. He saw it in 4D. I, I thought. 4D, yes. I thought. I thought the first time with Jason and Victor on the day on the weekend mm-hmm. it came out, which was cool. We got Chili Dog, Sonic Drink. Oh yeah, we got the Sonic Blue Cacao Vodka thing that tasted like too much sugar. That's literally what its taste was. It was just too much sugar. <laughs> and then um, I always wanted to watch it in 4D as well as with his other friend in Utah. Well, yep, I picked, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure that I bought his ticket for that because I said that there's no way in hell that Sonic is going to get a 40x showing, <laughs> and sure and, enough, and there was a 40x showing and definitely thirty five dollar ticket. That's <laughs> pretty cool, pretty awesome. I love there, and the sequel's confirmed now, by the way. Yeah, 40 uh, My my, fa- my favorite movie so far of the year has been uh, Palm Springs on Hulu, another comedy. See Which... that one to me like that's because it's kind of like. It's a comedy, but it's not like in the cloth of like I'm trying to be super silly, so you have to laugh at the thing. Like that one worked for me, even it's without funny, a crack, it's I feel like Sandberg. Yeah, no, but it's not a typical Sandberg. Like he yeah, he's not Kevin, right. Like it's, he's, he's not, subdued. Um, so I was gonna say Reno Nine Nine with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Reno Nine Nine. Reno Nine. Because <laughs> definitely that'd be, that'd be a great crossover. The the Brooklyn Nine Nine guys with a Reno Nine One One. I mean, Reno Nine One One got rebooted on Quibi. It's not that absurd of a thought anymore. It's back. It could happen. On Quibi, like the ten minute episode. Yes, thing? that Quibi, the one that's bombing hard. Yeah, that one. Well, I mean, at least they're trying something new. But, but yeah, I I actually really like Palm Springs too, and I think I think it's I think that's one that like it wasn't relying on punchlines as much, and I think right. that's the difference. Is it's not trying to make a silly. I mean, it is silly at times for sure, uh, but it's not trying to be like a punchline driven. Look at the ridiculousness. Laugh at how stupid some of this is. Type of movie like the others are, and I think that's where. To my point about like comedies are becoming more action movies, Palm Springs isn't per se, but like they're moving away from just like how abs- the absurdist humor. The internet's replaced that sort of absurdist humor, like the that's so random type of mindset. You just go on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever to get those memes that have that. So comedies not to be like a little more than that, which I think Palm Springs does achieve. Right, right. Um, yeah. Cool. cool. Anyway, so that was well, my rant. I'll get off my soapbox now. Well, oh, I guess I mean, I mean, speaking of, I guess like, I guess movies that just kind of came out recently. I did check out Mulan yesterday. Oh, um, that's out already. Came out, yeah. Yesterday, September fourth, was the premiere access release day. Uh, so okay. you paid thirty, thirty-five, thirty. 
No. Um, we, we, you know, we have someone else's account to thank for that. So someone paid thirty something. Yeah, someone paid. <laughs> yeah, and but if you waited till December, you could have gotten it legitimately legally for free. Well, I mean, technically, it's still legal. I mean, like it, they allowed it. I mean, someone because we have Fair. we created a. Well, first we tried watching it off of like the default account, which is I guess the account of the person that actually owns it. But they had it set to Spanish, and we couldn't figure out how to set it to English, no matter what. So we just created a second account in that account, you know, because you could have multiple profiles. Oh yeah, we created another profile, and we thought like, oh, I wonder if we're gonna have to buy it again. But luckily, we didn't have to. It just worked. Um, so yeah, so I guess that's how Disney Plus handles that, which I think is interesting, because technically these profiles don't have to be in the same household, or maybe they're expecting everyone to be. Maybe that's what everyone always assumes, or these platform holders expect you to do, mm-hmm. which obviously no one does. But I think they turn a bit of a blind eye in the name of not angering the user base. Yeah, because I mean, it is nice for everyone to have to have their own profile, to have their own taste, but it is kind of ridiculous to enforce it any further than that. Yeah. Especially because, you know, like, it is kind of a lot to ask for everybody to have every streaming service. I mean, you know, I'm sure like they provided them Netflix, they provide Disney Plus. I provide Crunchyroll for some people, they provide other stuff. So it's a nice little exchange we got going. Nice little barter. That we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the point is, I, Mulan wasn't a movie I was ever expecting on watching because I know I don't really plan on watching any of the live action movies. They just kind of happen to happen. Um, but this is also why we do our movie night specifically for situations like this, where so that we're forced to watch movies we normally wouldn't plan on watching. Because you never know, sometimes you could be surprised. I would never have thought about watching The Big Short if it wasn't the movie that my brother-in-law picked for his turn to pick on movie night. And my sister being like, I mean, we're all of Disney here, but she just like unabashedly like will consume everything Disney no matter what it is. Um, I'm, and she wanted to watch this movie. I had my animation bias stuff, so I was like, I'm just going to skip it. But, you know, we ended up watching it and while I can't say whether the movie is good or bad, I mean, I can at least say, I guess, whether, like, I enjoyed it, and I would say, sort of, like, <laughs> it, I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> it, I can't it, say it's good or bad, but I can tell you I sort of enjoyed, enjoyed it. it when it was even in front it, of my eyes. It's one of those movies that's like, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of found it boring, but I'll get to more of that. Like, I don't know, like, these remakes are are just weird. Like, I've seen, counting this one, three of them in total. I saw Jungle Book because I was on an airplane and it was the only movie that I was willing to watch from the options. I don't remember what else I watched, but... I mean, I actually... I was pleasantly surprised I actually enjoyed that one. The original one was very short and this one added, I felt like, some needed exposition or just, like, some extra plot that I felt rounded out everything. You know, it was more than just the bare necessities. But the other well movie that... done. Oh, thank Beautiful. You. And the that other... was episode nine <laughs> of the Quarantine Chronicles podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts. We're YouTube.com something. We're YouTube.com? We're at Nintendo.com on YouTube. I mean, Bill Murray... Anyway, Angel, continue. We're now in overtime. Continue. I mean, <laughs> Bill Murray did a good bear. Baloo. Um but I should have just stopped at the last one. But either way, um Stop at perfection. Oh, I mean I wasn't trying to make a pun, I just I liked his portrayal of Baloo. Um Oh, I thought you made a bear pun, I totally misheard you. 
<laughs> no, no, yeah, Bill Murray, like, he, yeah, he played a good Baloo. I think I just said did a good Baloo. Um, but anyway, yeah, the only other one that I've seen is Maleficent. And that one I only saw because it was like, I was in Mexico and we were like on a two hour bus to, I think, back to where I guess our home station is because we were at a at some resort area. Does that even count as a remake though? Oh, no, 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 that's like, it's a reimagining. It's like a sequel. I mean, no, it's, it's not. Like, a essentially, fake sequel, in, kind instead of. of that one, instead of just simply remaking the story of Sleeping Beauty, like, the story is still in there, but they just shifted the perspective from, you know, gotcha. Briar Rose to Maleficent, and they instead tweaked it to make her, like, a sympathetic villain. And I actually really liked that one. I thought that one was very different from the source material. It just kind of took it in its own direction, and it was interesting, and it was cool. I'm not really going to bother with the sequel, but I just enjoyed it for what it was. And this one kind of falls... And, you know, and then there's a Lion King, which I didn't need Vinny to watch because from what I've seen and from what I've heard, it's pretty much a shot-for-shot remake of the first. And I know we've talked about that in the show before. But Mulan falls somewhere in between, I guess, yeah, like Jungle Book and, I guess, Lion King. And I guess there's like a little bit of Maleficent. Essentially, a lot of it is trying to recreate the original movie, but they change a couple things that I don't feel really adds to the film if anything i feel like it kind of detracts and it ends up losing a lot of the charm that the original had but you know they probably also did some things to make it more appealing to the sensibilities of people in china because well, i guess the big one is mushu right like, like that's yeah because Mu- yeah because mushu is is gone from the movie like there is no like wacky sidekick there's no like little cricket character I mean, it's definitely, it's trying to be a more serious film. It's like trying to be like a serious war movie. Um, but with magic, apparently. Like, it's kind of funny that I'm saying this, but this movie ended up being more, you have to suspend your disbelief more for this movie than you do for the animated one. And that's saying a lot because really? you have oh. Mushu. Because what I loved about the first one is that Mulan I guess wasn't technically anyone special. Like she, she just had like her personality that you know kind of went against the norms, but that was kind of yeah, she it. Was like feisty. she, what's that? Yeah, she was like feisty. Yeah, she was just feisty. She, but she wasn't like any anyone really special. She was just kind of like her own person that just didn't kind of fit in, and she wasn't ne- like naturally talented. She wasn't a naturally skilled like warrior or anything. Like she had to go through the training. She was terrible like everyone else and got better. And, you know, she kind of had to like use her wits on the battlefield. And when she learned to overcome those obstacles in this movie, they hammer home, like the whole fact that she is gifted in the chi and they make it sound like, like, Oh yeah, everyone has chi, but hers is special. She has to hide it because apparently she is like a crouching tiger hidden dragon master since she was like a 10 year old. Like they show her like doing crazy acrobatics, like chasing a chicken around a town, like climbing up to the roof of like this crazy building that everyone lives in and then like slipping and falling, but then doing other crazy acrobatics to not fall and doing, and then like landing on like another, you know, like superhero pose at the bottom, or I guess more like a ninja or Kung Fu style pose. And, yeah, so essentially she's like a very good, I mean, she's, it's, this movie felt like a superhero movie where Mulan was like, her ability was super fighting skills, but everyone wanted her to fight, like to hide them, like, 
like it was always like even um like in that scene where I don't know if you guys I'm pretty sure you've seen Mulan Kevin right you seen Mulan yeah mm-hmm. have you I've seen, seen Mulan? it too hey yes I, I never know what to assume yeah. with you I mean maybe now it's, that's safe that's a safe assumption to not assume um <laughs> like there's a scene where um where she's with the matchmaker and because of the cricket I guess she kind of ends up like doing a bunch of things that ends up like causing a ruckus and she ends up like failing it but in this oh, one that scene such a knee slapper you remember when the, when the, the cricket gets in like her cup of tea oh man <laughs> basically yeah so like <laughs> well, this one well, good movie. so instead of doing that um a spider like randomly like lands on the table that no one sees except for her and her sister because she has a sister in this movie that uh, it's just there like she's in the movie um and she covers the tea with i mean she covers the spider with the tea and the the matchmakers are like um the tea goes in the center of the table and Mulan's are like well i think it should go here it's like why not tell her that there's a spider there and she's like oh you have to lift it up so she lifts it up and sure enough like the spider moves and then they knock the table over and all of a sudden like and then everything is in slow mo because you know the tea is going to fall on the floor and all the cups and she like picks them all up like one with her foot one with like each arm and one with her head like busting a Tobey Maguire catching Lois Lane Lois Lane um, Mary Jane Watson in the cafeteria scene from that one first movie right. and she catches the all. you mean from the movie <laughs> Spider-Man yeah you know <laughs> that uh, one movie <laughs> a, a, a person but um yeah so Seabiscuit um he yeah, from Seabiscuit yeah so she catches everything and they're like oh like that's disgraceful and then you know she sneezes and then drops everything because, you know, like, oh, you have to hide that chi. You have to forbid yourself from, I guess, doing crazy martial arts. Because I guess that's what is going to label her a witch. And speaking of which, there's, like, an actual witch in this movie that literally fights like a Marvel villain. Like, she'll, like, fly into the battlefield as a hawk, transform into a woman, use, like, crazy... Her dress is, like, kind of acts as, like, crazy tendrils that grab people. She has, like, claws that just swipe and kill people willy-nilly. And... I mean, she, I guess, is supposed to be, like, what Mulan could be because, I don't know, they, they keep implying that these chi powers, like, I guess if she learns to control them, could be, I guess, like, straight-up superhero mode. But I guess when the witch's case, she's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't accepted, and, you know, this is what happens. Like, now she's pretty much forced to fight for the bad guys, even though, I guess, she kind of doesn't want to. But... Yeah, I, I felt like that was just kind of on the nose. And, like, every other second, they're always telling her, like, learn your place. Like, this is, yeah, you have to be the wife. I don't know. Like, it didn't feel this heavy-handed in the original. Like, it just kind of felt like she was, you know, fighting for her father because she felt that was just, like, the right thing to do. And while that is also true here, it just didn't feel as, I guess, character-driven. It felt more plot-driven. Like, a lot of things felt like they were happening because the plot demanded it to happen instead of like this is just what naturally happens next and i mean yeah sure the weather there's literally no music in it whatsoever i mean no thing no singing which you know they're all going for a more serious take so that makes sense but they do have like the the musical accompaniments like you do hear a a um when will my reflection show musical like just the musical notes or the that part wow i'm thinking on what that's even called you just hear you, you hear yeah you hear the instrumentals of that and you're like oh it's that one song i 
don't know if they ever do a I'll make a man out of you instrumental, but you know, maybe that song won't age as well. But either way, <laughs> I mean, they are going for like the same story, but like the same thing here, like it's also less dramatic. Like I feel like the cartoon was also more intense because you know, like yeah, Mushu and the cricket are very cartoony and slapsticky, but overall, like everyone's human like there is no mystical force like there's always a greater sense of like the stakes felt higher and in this one like yeah Mulan is like superhuman abilities so you know she jumps into the air like does like a few like wall jumps and then like kicks an arrow like into like the chest of like the bad guy like it's I don't know it, it feels like I'm watching like if Marvel made like Marvel presents Mulan or something and yeah I, I felt that with this kind of weird and i mean instead of mushu i guess you have like this phoenix like a cg phoenix that's you know very clearly a cg phoenix never it never talks yeah like it never talks i mean it's pretty looking it doesn't look realistic but it's pretty looking um but yeah it's just kind of flying around and it just kind of guides her to where she needs to go and the symbolism with the phoenix and her is also very heavy-handed like there's always been a point where like it kind of flies behind her in slow-mo and then there's like giant wings behind her and it's like oh she is the phoenix but yeah it just it didn't have the same impact and you know what if i had never seen the original movie maybe i would have enjoyed it a little more but i think for me and many people that have seen the original that maybe even grew up with them i mean i don't know if did you watch it recently, Jason, with your girlfriend, or did you actually watch it? Nah, it's coming up on our list as we go through the Disneyland stuff, or Disneyland, the Disney stuff. Um, we just did Pocahontas the other day. But so did you? you sense but, of where so we're you going. had, but you did watch it when you were little. I'm guessing. Yes. Maybe? Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, like, I am curious, like, what someone that hadn't seen the movie would think about it. But it's we are really... thinking of watching it this weekend. So, but it is really hard for me. And I know it was for my sister because she definitely did not enjoy it. She was the most excited. I think she was harder on it than I was just because, yeah, because of those comparisons. Like, like the emotion. Like, even we all kind of read that stuff. Like, the delivery of a lot of these lines and the subtlety that sometimes the animation had or that the character's expressions or even just the dialogue. Like, the way, like, the dad would tell Mulan that he loves her and stuff in the live action movie was very straightforward and very... I don't know. It was just very direct. It didn't feel... I mean, it was just direct and right. just direct. But in the animated film, like, I was actually rewatching some scenes earlier because I was kind of trying to just recall the film. And besides, you know, nostalgia is obviously a huge factor in it. But there was, like, a scene where, like, the dad, in the same scene where he's being very direct to Mulan, in the animated version, he's not even talking to her, like, directly. He, like, he sees that she's, like, depressed and she's... A, and he just starts, like, describing, like, the sakura blossoms and he talks about like this one flower that hasn't bloomed yet and that you get what he's talking about and then she gets what he's talking about and it's like it just felt more heartwarming than just being told straight up like yeah this isn't your place you need to learn to do it this way but i still love you so yeah i don't know i all the stuff you're talking about with her powers i saw a headline from mulan that was like disney star wars Mulan and everything you're describing about her powers and the chi, it's like, oh god, it is kind of Star Warsy. Like, oh, she has the force. Because even She's like a Jedi, even little which just things... seems unnecessary. Yeah, Jedi is a good way to describe her. Um, yeah, because even things like when the Huns are that first battle with the Huns, 
and you know like she causes the avalanche with a rocket that still kind of happens but mm. you know like it it makes sense in the context of the animation like you see like oh cool they, they actually show them training using these rockets later on you know she sees a rocket she sees an opportunity she like runs and does the thing and the avalanche happens and this one you know she i guess sees a they're firing i guess like a catapult at the enemies and i guess like she somehow gets behind enemy lines because she sees the catapult and then sees the i guess the white the mountain behind them and does the same thing but it didn't feel as i guess organic it just felt kind of weird i don't know but it felt more like it was a plot point they had to hit and they tried to yeah because you know like because every because everything ties together like in the first one like everything they see them training like it's kind of like a lot of movies like they use the same technique that she used to climb the pole to climb the pedestal to climb like the pillars into the right. palace or the fact that the Huns were invading during a ceremony in the animated film versus in the live action one where the city was empty for some reason. It was, there was like, like no people and hmm. that's when they invaded. And then the next day was that same ceremony. Like the stakes just felt lower. And just they had no people because everyone lost their mind when Superman destroyed a city in a movie, and now every movie's conscious of how many of the general population are going to be killed in this scene, and they somehow always find a way to evacuate the cities. In every yeah, li- <laughs> yeah, that's literally the root of that. I think it was just disappointing. I mean, it was just really hard not to constantly be comparing it to the original one. Like, oh, the original would have already been past this point. Like, it makes a lot of stuff feel like filler because then you realize, like, oh, this didn't really add anything to it, or like, oh, why didn't they do it this way? Because in the original also, like, she gets wounded, and that's kind of how they discover that she's a woman. Like, and then they were even going to execute her, but then they ended up deciding not to because she basically saved all their lives with that avalanche. So they're like, we're even. But we're actually going to just leave you here on this mountain. And I'm all like, damn, that's kind of dark. And that was the original. <laughs> it's even worse, really. they, Yeah, they just leave her to die, yeah. essentially. Yeah, they just left yeah. her with the horse, and that was pretty much it. But in the remake, she gets like a shuriken thrown at her by the witch, which they're kind of having the separate battle somewhere else that she somehow ended up at. And, you know, like, and after she has that talk with the witch, she's like, you know what, this isn't me. So then, you know, she removes like the hairband and now she's like, you know, rolling into battle in slow motion, looking on me like girl power. Hair blowing in the wind, I imagine. Yeah. And then, I mean, like the only thing that was missing was like, I'm just a girl playing in the background or something while she's like <laughs> going through like wall, like, like scores and scores of enemies, like, you know, just doing crazy ninja moves, which, you know, was like the choreography, the choreography was neat and stuff, but it, it just felt more like I'm just like an untouchable superhero instead of like someone actually risking their life. Like it never really felt like she was in danger and she wasn't Could- wounded. She was just like, Oh yeah, I'm a girl. And then everyone's like, well, you are exiled. And yeah, but I don't know. I mean, could you imagine though if literally the only song with lyrics in the movie was "No Doubts"? I'm just a girl from like 2000. <laughs> you, you guys saw, just randomly you guys saw what's it called Captain Marvel, right? I have not. Yeah. You guys have not. I have. I have. Because they do. They do exactly that. They they do. Yeah, but it fits the vibe as, of Captain as Marvel. As rolly as it was, it fit the vibe. I liked it. Was I in the it. 90s. Yeah. No, that because that makes sense in that movie. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's like, funny that he evoked it here, yeah. Yeah, like, like I'm not saying, like, it doesn't have to be, like, pro-girl. I mean, like, obviously, like, I mean, I, I just love want the first movie. I love against No Doubts, I'm Just a Girl. Oh. That's, that's just... That's <laughs> a catchy song. song. It's a good song. But, and I mean, I am very much open to reinterpretations and remakes. I mean, 
I my favorite franchise is Ninja Turtles, and every five years they go through a complete overhaul of what they look like, and things are different sometimes. Sometimes April is an adult news reporter. Sometimes she's a teenager with alien powers. Sometimes she is a scientist. Megan Fox. Oh yeah, sometimes she's Megan Fox, and yeah, she does her thing. Or the turtles are like giant monsters, or like they're giants, or they're little, or Shredder's an alien, or you know it. It changes every time. I am open to change. It doesn't all have to work, and I appreciate that they try it, but I don't know. This one felt like they weren't, they couldn't decide whether they wanted to make it completely different or make it a shot for shot. So it almost felt like they just changed things haphazardly just to make it not quite like the first one. But everything was just kind of superficial changes that, if anything, I felt hurt it. But the way you're describing it sounds like Disney's like, we got to go forward with our remake plan. These make us a ton of money. But so much of the blowback from Lion King and similar movies like that was we're doing it shot for shot and it loses something. So what if we don't do it shot for shot so people can't say it's well, losing anything the thing by is comparison? Like, I mean, Lion and let's King, try and be like creative but without actually having a vision. But I mean, Lion King was like shot for shot. I mean, like, yeah, that makes me want to watch it less, but I can still at least respect the fact that they committed to it. And I mean, right, isn't this, that like, isn't that like the highest grossing animated film of all time? It's either well, that they or call it live action. They call it live action. No, I know, yes, but, I think it but is. yeah, yeah. But, no, I but I, think it, I, guess I think it does hold like that this... distinction. So like, they either have to commit to it or just try something different because I mean, all these videos, all these movies, they still hold up. They still look great yeah. and they're still available on Disney Plus. So I feel like they definitely should just take a different direction. Kind of like how, what the Pinocchio remake is shaping up to be. I mean, Guillermo del Toro is behind it, and Pinocchio looks creepy as hell. So, yeah. Wait, official Wait what? There's a Pinocchio, a P- Pinocchio remake by Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, by Disney. And they, there's, like some, there's some screenshots floating around. I'm looking, of... I'm looking this up. Yeah. I mean, uh, of like, all I knew, people... I knew, that it was a, I knew that it was a thing, but I didn't know that there was actually pictures of Pinocchio out there. Um, like real ones it, or like fan renders? No, no, no. <laughs> it, it's like a picture of, I think, like Guillermo del Toro with the Pinocchio figure. I think, like, the figure's like we're facing the back of it but it's already like knowing Guillermo del Toro it's oh whoa. a lot of it's going to be kind of unsettling and even the Pinocchio like, that they showed is like, like not even how you would expect it to look it's kind of like not cutesy looking which is from what little we can see but so the 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 image going around seems to be the art that's inspiring the design specifically um and it's based on a book cover his design that's way more it's like this little spiky haired circle block face thing yeah that's cr- interesting i'm i'm I, it's, it's uh if you want to look up the cover it's the grizz grimly pinocchio cover i think or the carlo there's like multiple names carlo Collodi. like either Wait, of those you said that this was right. disney it's not disney oh here we go oh, P- pinocchio exceeds uh the the copyright so it can be whoever really but yeah i don't think no it's i no i know but but yeah. Oh wait, this Pinocchio remake isn't by Disney. The one no, with Guillermo del Toro. No. No. That's so out of their wheelhouse to let him do that. <laughs> but oh. but yeah, Angel. That's kind of why I was saying to your point. Like these remakes. Well, then I guess either... I take that back. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna no, say, but... I was gonna applaud them for like going a different way because that because that's like that sounds interesting. Like we know what we like about Pinocchio. I can just rewatch that movie. Give me something new. But yeah, and I think. I think that's what I was getting at with, with the response to Lion King. I think they were – they're not – they don't have a vision. They have a reactionary knee-jerk. So they saw Lion King do really well and then they also heard all the criticism of it's not different enough. So then they said, all right, Mulan, follow the beats but like shake it up in between, which isn't really a vision. It's just kind of like a 
you know, like it's like too many cooks in the kitchen writing the script, which is why I think like when they did give a little more freedom, like I remember Alice in Wonderland when they did that, the very start of all these, like that one was what's Alice in Wonderland through the eyes of Tim Burton and then just go with it. Basically. Yeah, or like the Willy Wonka, worked. like or Willy Wonka, yeah, because those all work. Because it was like, all right, here's someone that has a new vision of this traditional story that everyone knows. Let's see what happens. Mulan, from what you're describing, sounds like them going, well, what if we modernize it, but we don't change it too much, but we do change it a little, but we don't really, but we want to be the same, but we kind of want to be different. Without like, there's no vision, there. there's no lens to look at it through. It's just what if we modernize Mulan? Question mark. Yeah, and I mean, I know like. In Chinese culture, like the dragon is definitely held that much like higher regard that they probably did find the fact that we slapped Eddie Murphy on there kind of offensive, but um, you know, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> no, but I was gonna say even in a situation like that, like, they want to remake. No, 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 I like, no, yeah, and I totally get that. No, I know, but I mean, I they I definitely know. could have found like I don't know they needed a comedy. They just needed to just tighten the story up. But yeah, like I said, things felt haphazard. Yeah, you know, I Disney. Hopefully, well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully I mean, they keep learning as they go with. Yeah, I mean, well, that like the remake do, of I don't know. They have announced Meet the I Robinsons mean. or something becomes just really? top notch. So <laughs> There's not one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. So there is <laughs> a there is a oh yeah, Little Mermaid. Yeah, Little Mermaid. That already has there a, a Pinocchio remake coming out for uh from, from Disney. Yeah. As well, so there's two uh, competing yeah. Pinocchios. With, this is a Bug's Life and Ants all over again. With Robert Finding Nemo as the director. Really? Oh God! So it's and gonna be just like Polar Hanks Express as uh, Geppetto. Um, and oh. I can say it's Christopher Lloyd huh. Geppetto because I think back to the future so, when I think Robert Zemeckis. It's gonna yeah. be Polar Express. Oh no, Polar Express was Steven Spielberg, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Never mind. But I, I guess, guess it could be Woody. Got... Maybe that's why they but... picked him because he's already very familiar with toys coming to life. That must be the reason. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with his pedigree or anything. Nope. Just that he knows toys. I mean, that being said, I mean if they keep it like this, I'm definitely more interested in the Guillermo del Toro version of Pinocchio than this one. But yeah, I mean, even if Tom Hanks is behind it, I'll, I mean, unless it just comes and I mean, if it if it comes on my if it falls on my lap as a movie to watch, then I'll watch it. But right, if it's yeah, in front of your eyes, you're like, well, here we go. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> seek it out. I mean, even. Same thing with that Little Mermaid one coming out, which I hear has a talented cast behind it that's being picked, but I don't recognize anybody from what I remember. But is there so is yeah. there a remake you guys have seen that you actually and I, I feel like for me most of the remakes I've experienced have been in gaming, not so much movies, but has there been a remake you've seen that you're like, Yes, this is exactly what I want out of a new tale, a new spin on X? Like uh, I, yeah. I doubt the Robocop remake is one of them, but there I know has that to one be... at least they try to sorta go like what would Robocop be in the year you know, in the 2017 or whatever film, like they actually tried to be like, all right, well, what's all the tropes of today versus the tropes of then? And like, actually like swap them. It's like, they tried, I feel like it didn't work, but they tried. Um, there's only one I could think of that. I was actually old enough to watch. Not the original when it came out, but I remember seeing the original when I was little, but then I, I'm talking about the planet of the apes. Cause I remember seeing mm. the original, like the very first one at some point in my life, early life and thinking it was boring. I remember seeing the Tim Burton one and not really enjoying it. The makeup effects are really cool, but I just remember thinking it was also long and boring. I don't know what about it. I just didn't like it. But then the recent one with, you know, James Franco and then the sequel yeah, the one Matt, without James Franco. The Matt Franco, Reeves one. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen the third one, but I love the first two that I actually own them both on Blu-ray. 
And yeah, I thought those are really great remakes or reimaginings. Like those, I think, are definitely hold up way more than the original. I think those are considered more reboots now. Oh, you're right. It is a reboot. You're right. Yeah. I think I think ultimately that is kind of where I was going with that question. I don't know if you necessarily have one you feel one way or another about um, Kevin, but that's well, true you, because this takes place before found... the other movies that I saw even took place. So, is, is there a, a straight up remake that you found to actually work and be something you like, Kevin? In, in not movies, that I, I mean, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I had trouble because uh, Angel was saying to think about the. He, I think he said both just like a while ago. Like think about it, I could not. It's definitely more of a game. I couldn't thing, think for of sure. <laughs> it's a game does it better. Like you know, like the, all the positive uh, reception to Tony Hawk this weekend. Like you know, games can do it better. But I think what's interesting about movies is like you can't just tell the same story twice because that other movie is just as accessible. Like games, you could argue, well, you can change the visual fidelity you can adapt it to work on a modern console so it can actually be played today but like movies like you can watch a movie the same way now as you could you know i mean there are tv and there are some exceptions that i feel like sometimes like a movie does deserve like a remake or a more interpretation like going back to the thing like i have seen like both versions because i saw one Mm -hmm. back in college like the original like from the 1950s that was like black and white versus the one by john carpenter I like guess the that, thing, yeah, if anything... Because that one is straight up a remake. Like, it's the same plot, just done with modern technology. And that one, like, obviously had a huge benefit to it. I yeah. mean, doesn't take away from the first one, but, I mean, obviously, it. now the first one's more of, like, of a historical piece, if anything. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just thinking where I was going with that is, like, I think with movies, reboot is the better... Uh, reboot or sequel? Like, if they want to go back to that well, do what, like, Blade Runner 2049 did. Like, if they want to, you know, do what Planet of the Apes did, do what Planet of the Apes did. But, like, to just, like, straight up be like, let's take the exact same story but mix it up just enough that, like, you kind of recognize it but you kind of don't. Unless there's a clear vision, it's yeah, more often not, not going to work. Yeah. And Robocop. Like, because, like, yeah, because, like, think about, like, even, like, Batman. How many, like, reboots of Batman have been have there been? Because that was my first gut feeling was, oh, I like all these different types of Batman that have happened. But yeah, but actually, they're not all the same story. They're all – exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing is, like, movies are so accessible that it's kind of weird to just – Say here it is a second time. So Disney trying to mix it up with Mulan is commendable, except they didn't do it with a vision. It's kind of like, well, just at that point, just do like a reboot or a reinterpretation. I guess you could argue Mulan's supposed to be that, maybe, but they're certainly not marketing it like that. So um, I don't know. You know what? Um, I'm I two came to mind right now. Hmm. Speaking oh. of Matt Reeves, uh, but I don't know if these counts as. Not as remakes, but maybe adaptions. Um, Let Me In by Matt Reeves, which is a remake of uh, Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that talking about. And, um, oh, I just had it. I just had it. I lost it. I lost it. Duh. Matt Reeves. Is it also by Matt Reeves? No, it wasn't Matt Reeves. Oh, I totally forgot what it was. Oh, um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Right, but I, well, like I said, I don't know. I don't know if those count as remakes or adaptions. Yeah, and 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 again, that's the thing. Like, if if Disney came in and said we're, I mean, I guess they are I'm... saying they're adapting Mulan. In which case, I don't know. But like, yeah, I mean, like Girl's Dragon Tattoo, the David the Fincher is, one, I thought was great. I, I mean, that's the difference. Like, if you're adapting it from a book, that's kind of a little different. I mean, they're not adapting it from the same original like folktale of Mulan. They're just adapting it from their first movie. And it just kind of got diluted at some point. But, yeah. I think that's... I don't know. I guess that kind of goes into, like... Do you think uh, the Harry Potter or the book is better? 
You know, honestly, I think it just boils down to they need a vision. Because you brought up Girl Dragon Tattoo, Kevin. I'm thinking about the sequel they did a year or two ago where they brought in a whole different cast. And it was supposedly a The girl you know, with two dragon thing. tattoos? Uh, the girl – what was it called? The girl in the spider's web? Yeah, that. And it was like kind of in the same vein as the other ones, but it wasn't. And they turned it more into like this sort of over-the-top thing. And it's just like the vision there was to make it more of like I guess an action movie than like a suspenseful like mystery thriller thing. Um and you know, so they had a vision, they saw it through, and sometimes the vision just isn't the right vision. So maybe it's not even they need a vision. Maybe Mulan's vision was make it an epic Star Wars meets Marvel meets Chinese mythology yeah, movie. But if it's just like, not the right fit, it's not the right fit. Yeah, with the exception of a few things, because almost everything can be considered a reboot. I mean, yeah. you know, like Robocop to Robocop. I mean, they're rebooting it. But this is definitely, yeah, like they're, they're, ch- they're changing medium. And not many studios have of the library and or even the films to try that for or would even do that or would even make sense to do it for like you're not going to see many live action films be reinterpreted as an animated film because it's almost right. kind of pointless sometimes I mean you make films to you know create that vision and which is kind of why what I love most about animated films is that there is there's almost no suspense of disbelief because of the fact that it's already animated everything is quote unquote real in it like nothing looks fake I guess but in a live-action movie, I feel it's a lot harder to combat that. Somehow it's kind of easy in some Marvel movies. Because when I was thinking about... When I was watching Mulan, I saw some rabbits. And I was like, oh, man, those are some real CG rabbits. But <laughs> It's also the budget per movie, you know. Too. Yeah, but then so. I also don't find myself thinking that as much when I was watching, like, Endgame or something. Even though some stuff, obviously, is CG. CG. I guess, you know... I, I guess something I think... is immersion and investment or something, but... And I think another idea is the spark of where something comes from that leads to the vision, that leads to, you know, when it makes sense. Because, like, the Disney ones, they've straight up said the point of these live-action movies are to get the nostalgia play for parents to go see it with their children and expose those franchises to kids. If they just re-release Mulan animated in theaters, it would not necessarily have the same take. So this is a play, a (laughs) business-first play to get more seats, more butts in seats, or in this case, more premium member purchases or whatever. Um Versus someone going like, I have a way I want to tell the story differently or something and pitching it to Disney. It's Disney looking for someone to tell the story in a way that can make them more money. So it is already kind of a, you know, skewed view of the movie. Yeah. Definitely. But, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, Unless anybody has anything else to talk about, I think that wraps up this episode. And remember... uh, before we started recording, we were like, oh, this will be a short episode. Nope. Just as I long told as you guys. I told you guys. Every time we say it, we jinx it. I told you. Jinx is a bad word. It's not necessarily bad, but I told you every time. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> well thanks for thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Uh, you could uh, find us on Spotify, at Podcast, Pandora, Google Podcast, whatever. What else Apple. are we on? I'm missing one. We're on tuned Apple Podcasts. In. No, tuned in. I said Apple Podcast. Oh, you did? I didn't catch <laughs> it. Um, Wow, that's a series of noises. Uh, yeah, you said I don't. I didn't even catch what you said. Uh, Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, tune Stitcher, TuneIn. Are we on? Does iHeartRadio do podcasts? It does, and we're on there. So we're you on know, the iHeartRadio Festival. If you want to book us for your virtual fest in two weeks, we can sit in front of a fake camera, you know, a fake stage, and talk. Are we on Bandcamp? I don't think so. What about SoundCloud? We are not. Okay. Well. Just, Unless just someone's find, uploading you'll, it you'll in You'll secret. find this somewhere. You'll find uh, it. We are where you are, mostly. Yeah, we're <laughs> running Nintendo.com on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us individually on our uh, 
on our Twitters. Jason is JSR7. Angel is Wayro, W-E-I-R-O, underscat, under, oh, I'm so bad. <laughs> Underscore. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> uh, I'm Kevin Gomi. Uh, we are Red Nintendo. I'm and I now. think, uh, you know, timestamps, you can go back if you want to listen to something. You just go back. Uh, they'll be in the blog post. Uh, aside yes, from that, uh, I think that'll be it. And uh, Jason takes out. I was not prepared for this. Thank you.